The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Welcome to the law firm of Davis and Davis. We're not a real law firm. Go ahead, grab a beer, a glass of wine, sit back and listen. I don't think there's enough bass in that. Yeah, uh, my windows didn't shatter, so obviously you're not doing your job. Ooh, fuck yeah. I, I talked Uncle Scotty into buying this album, and I think he's enjoying I- it. I bought it. I bought it for one song, and one song alone, and it's not on the remastered album. <laughs> and yet, you're not upset, are you? First like, oh, you gotta get this album. You gotta get it. You got so I, I went and bought it. But it's great background music. Oh my god, it's fabulous. So, for anyone who doesn't know, this is Yellow, the same people who did. Oh, yeah, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which is supposed to be on this album, but apparently isn't on the one that he bought. So, <laughs> so I had to buy the second album. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not upset about that either. All right, my eyes. My eyes are fucked up. So there's oh. a lot, a lot to talk about here. Oh, what do we got here? A Look lot. at that. Oh, oh, look at the little cat. Oh, Kendrick has white paws. Yes, he's That's got little, like, yeah, little white paw mittens. Yeah. My uncle had a cat like that. We used to call him Boots. Boots! All right. All right. So there's a... All right, here's it was, a, it was ass itched. He was boot and scoot. No. What the hell did my sister... Butt stamps. That's what my sister used to call those <laughs> butt stamps. Uh, all right. All right. Um, what are you drinking? I had a vodka right before the show, but I've got blur, unblur. I have Old Forester 1910. Oh, I had Old that last week. Oh. You will enjoy that. Well, I was. It, I had four to choose from. They actually make a whiskey for the Statesman, I think from the film The Golden Circle. Yes. Uh, they make a 1920, and then they make a pro, and then they make an 1897. And they're all fairly close in price and everything, but I'm like going through my phone. I was like, 
like they're saying, yeah, you're probably the 1910s a safe bet. I'm like, okay, like it's sweeter, which that's that tickles my fancy when it comes to bourbon. Are are you a? Wow, you go for it, buddy. <laughs> Well, before I take a sip, what are you drinking this evening? Well, I'm trying to get a picture of it here so that you can see it. Well, while you do that, I'm going to take my first sip of this. Mmm. Oh. Wow. Oh, man, like, like cherry, like like attacking your tongue cherry right off the rip on that first wow the release the kraken <laughs> so so burke just saw um mm. god damn that is i am really really impressed with this you might get an a plus my little man mm. it's that, got a it's that'll got be a like the first finish That'll be like the first day plus you've given. Maybe. Oh, no. Blade and Bow, you gave an A. Hmm. So I. Ooh. Well, yeah, should, should I continue or should. Yeah, I... no, go right ahead. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy myself for a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Kraken before. Is it a sipping rum? No. No, 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 no. This is uh, uh, 80 proof. Um, I mean, it it could be a sipping rum if you'd like to get hammered real quick. (laughs) Um, Because it tastes phenomenal. Uh, my, my, My friend Kathy and I went to Las Vegas last year and I think we finished off an entire bottle of this in one night and then woke up the next day and, and drank what was what was still on the coffee table. Oh, my. Oh, it's bad news. Bad <laughs> news. Release the Kraken. <laughs> so I'm doing Kraken and Coke. I, I learned in Las Vegas that Kraken and Dr. Pepper is just too sweet. Um. Even though I love the Dr. Pepper, you have to do something that's a little bit not so sweet. I wonder if Diet Dr. Pepper would work better. Diet Dr. Pepper is awesome with it. Um, Anything that's diet is actually better with it. So, Mm. um, This has got some medium notes to it. Uh, It's not going to hit an A+. It's it's definitely going to hit an A+. there's some floral in this. There's um, not a ton of vanilla per se, and not a ton of charred oak, and that's okay because it's it's got like a lot of medium, like mid range flavors to it as opposed to like the highs and the lows. And mm, yeah, that is that is some, that's that's tasty. I'm glad I got that one. And I'm not caught up, but I got a few of my drinks up on the website for everybody to look at. 
Uh, although it got, it's been so damn long, I've forgotten what they taste like. <laughs> the reviews are going to be a little generic. I apologize. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I've been drunk so many times I've forgotten. I've been drink so many times. <laughs> I've been, been drink so many times since then. I've forgotten. All right. So I said that there's a lot that we have to go over. First off, the new addition to the studio. We got uh, new toys. Let's see. That is screen three. Oh, we got a cooler. That's digitally controlled. <laughs> is that not awesome? That is so, cool. Yes, we have a new mini fridge in the studio. It actually has an, a blue LED inside of it, so everything glows. Nice. I am, I mean, my beer fits in it beautifully. The Coke for the Kraken is already chilled the kraken is sitting in there chilled uh let's see here um well, well sam when she came back from college had this little mini fridge and i'm like well why don't i just put it in my computer room so it is actually sitting right next to my computer so i've got cold pop and i can put ice for my drinks in the little thingy there so i really don't have to get up it took me like what half a season of this to realize I don't have to get up from my spot. I can just put ice in that damn thing, a little plastic tray, and I don't have to go anywhere. This is awesome. Cat, get away from my keyboard. Swear to God. Hmm. If you hear stuff in the background, my daughter is listening to like an online or a, a, an online something for for college, and she's taking notes. So if you hear some strange lady in the background, it's the computer. All right. All right. So the mini fridge is awesome. That is cool. And it's got the glass front, which is really nice. Oh, yeah. It's it's pretty. I'll put a po- 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 better picture a po- post, of it. Post it on your I will post it Scott's on the website. Section. Now, to top it off, this past Saturday was a very interesting day. Mm-hmm. At- this, is, this is creamy, like, like it rolls over your tongue and but then it hits you a little alcohol in the back. This is nice. I re- I'm really digging this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. So Saturday was an interesting day. <laughs> yes, it was. At the golf course. Do, Very. Do we do we kill another golfer off? Do we have to have the? Uh, or do we have to call the police? Mm-mm-mm. All right, you see this little rock right there? Yeah. Well, that rock proceeded to, well, launch this brand new 2023 (laughs) Ford F-150 20 feet in the air. And I I can't really... well, it might let me zoom in. Let's see here. Ah, let's see if I can drag it down. You can see where the driver's head hit the windshield. That's the passenger side. 
Yes, when he hit that rock, it turned the car sideways. He slid <laughs> into the passenger side seat, and when it landed, the the spring from the seat was so springy because it was brand new, it flung him face first into the glass. And I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark here and say, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt, was he? Mm, I don't. Oh, look! Yeah, look at how many of those DFW police officers are there. <laughs> Did no. he? It looked like he clipped a tree branch because there was a tree branch down mm, that first picture. Let's. Well, what's yeah. that? <laughs> or one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Twenty uh, foot long tree branches. Jesus Christ! It, it, well, it, it was a crepe myrtle, and crepe myrtles have multiple shafts that come up out of the ground. You said shaft shafts, and he hit them all. <laughs> now he is he is inside ambulance at this point in time, uh, tending to his face which had been ripped off by the windshield um i uh, uh now i got involved in this in this chase while i was in a golf cart wait chase so apparently this gentleman decided that it was worthwhile to get into a fist fight in the bar after he shot his round of golf, he was there in a tournament, and uh, he got into two fist fights. And I hear on the radio, hey, Jeff, we need you. And so Jeff is the manager. He went down, and I was driving down to see what was going on. And all of a sudden, this really, really drunk dude... <laughs> runs I was gonna I was gonna ask if alcohol was involved. <laughs> runs into my cart as I'm driving down the ramp to get to the backyard. And all of a sudden Jeff is standing right next to him screaming, We just don't want you to get a DUI. We don't want you to get a DUI. And all of a sudden he jumps into this brand new. 2023 Ford F-150, $55,000 vehicle base price. <laughs> Which he probably waited like eight months to get. Well, this gets even better. Because as he sped out of the parking lot, one of the guys came up to me as I was starting to chase him down the road in my eight mile an hour golf cart <laughs> and and he he said I, I i i'm so sorry he he was with our group but he's not with our group i mean he, he's my insurance agent <laughs> someone you think might possibly know better Maybe. Just a little. Maybe. Possibly. So, so, so in a matter of about, uh, well, so, so there's four golf carts lined up in a row going down the street trying to chase after him as he sped out. <laughs> and Jeff is in the lead. He turns his cart around. He's like, there's no way we're going to catch up to him. And all of a sudden, 
I hear I hear him crash, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, guys, he, he I just think we're going to catch up with him. <laughs> he just crashed. So, so all of us are, are sitting there, um, and all of a sudden we see like two cop car. There's a back entrance that actually runs right through the middle of our golf course, mm-hmm. and all of the DFW police. It's a shortcut. So all of a sudden, you've got cop cars doing 50 miles an hour through the golf course. <laughs> I'm like sitting here going, this, this is why I, this is why I took this job. <laughs> Who says golf isn't a sport? <laughs> it's just- if you can get hurt, it's a sport. The best job ever. <laughs> uh, and, and I swear to God, this music was playing as that truck was leaving the parking lot. <laughs> he hit the turbo char. He hit the. <laughs> he flipped the switch for the supercharger and took off. So, <laughs> so we we finally five minutes later make it all the way to the entrance to the golf course, and that's where the accident was. He hit a rock, and the cop said that he was probably between fifteen to twenty feet in the air uh, <laughs> with as fast as he hit it, because uh, he 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 had it floored, and there's almost a quarter of a mile stretch yeah. of just straight road, and. I mean, when you went and looked at the rock, the the scrape on it from the skid plate on the truck. I mean, this thing was jacked up. You saw how tall it was. Yeah, no, it's a tall truck. It's like that would be a hell of a boulder. For him to compress it down that far and hit that boulder, it was wild. Ooh, you are really, really choppy. What's going on here? Up oh, speed test time. Uh oh. I have I have four hundred download. I have twenty upload. There's your problem. What's where's my problem? Twenty upload ain't that great, is it? Twenty upload is great 20 download would suck yeah you you are just 260 range download oh my up is two that's bad that's why you are all all i'm getting is Hmm. Hmm. that's bad i could reset all my shit if you need well, you look okay right now. What did it speed up? I wonder if it's just latency in in with a uh, with your spec. You have spectrum, right? Correct. Yeah, gotta love that spectrum. God, I don't know how many times they used to say that before they boosted me up to four hundred. <laughs> I'm trying a different server here just to see if there's anything different. Oh, there you go. You're gone. Hello. 
Hello. I should take a picture of that. <laughs> oh my god. I, I should have taken a picture of that because you're you had your finger up like this, but you you moved it and it stopped, so it looked like your finger was like this wide. I was like, damn. Yeah. 257 yeah. down, 2.2 up. Um, hold on one second. Well, uh, why don't we take a break here real quick, and um, and we can figure this out, and we'll be back. Okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. 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 I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but best for you both i know the version of me is she perverted like me would she go down on you in a theater does she speak eloquently and would she have your baby hey. No clue what that's from. No, it's uh, it's not Barnum. It's the other one about uh, the one that <clears throat> Wolverine just did on TV, isn't it? No, that no. that was uh, <clears throat> the Greatest Showman. Well, okay. What's this one? This one is Sideshow. Mm. You're right. I have no idea. Fabulous musical. As a matter of fact, that was the next show that I was going to produce until I quit producing. <laughs> uh, okay, so we, we we never finished the first segment because of the fact that, that we got interrupted with, uh, yep. with Spectrum Internet. So anything more to say about the car leaping into the air with the greatest of ease? All that, all that I need to say about that is, guys, don't drink and drive. He has... 
officially lost his job. Uh, Oof. He um, has now been arrested. His truck is, was totaled. Um, and uh, because it was a DUI, his insurance company is not paying for it. Oh, my. And he lost his job. Oh, and he's sitting in jail right now. With a broken face. With a broken face. Yeah. He, he, went, to, he went to Grapevine Hospital. He had a good time. Uh, it was the last time that he wasn't in shackles. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now, there's even more to go about doing. Okay. I, I, I have a, a job for you to do. Oh, good. Now, next week's show is the last show before I come to Ohio. Okay. Uh, is it not? I'm pretty sure it is. Probably. I get there on, on like the 20th. So next, yes, next yes. week's show yes. is? Yes. The show before the grand tour of Putin Bay. Man, how much fun is that going to be? <laughs> oh, the hangovers um, are going to be epic. <laughs> <laughs> with the hot sauce too <laughs> ah, gonna be great all right sam can you hear me yeah all right what is this from it's um dean it's, um supernatural yeah he's scared of the cat it's um shit what's the episode he gets scratched by something that was scary <laughs> Are we done feeling our feelings? Because I'd like to get out of this room before we both start growing lady parts. It's got to be supernatural also. <laughs> Is that when they're in um, Bobby's like little bunker in his house? <laughs> okay, so you got to like, clear your schedule. It has schedule. to be like fucking soulless Sam season or so something. Like, be a lot. You fight those fairies! You fight those fairies! He's getting dragged away by police. Soulless Sam. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, it's gonna be a, it's gonna yeah, be. there a good we go. Gonna be, gonna be a great show. And and Burke's like, how's this gonna translate to? It's all audio clips. Yeah. Well, you were. So, you know, we we had done the stuff with your with your show with the the, the Jack in the Box. Jack in the you know you don't know Jack yeah. and stuff, and that one would probably be okay because they're giving us the. The questions yeah we don't have the answers going over the airwaves to people but yeah this one we do we'll just do yeah. like, we'll just have to say yeah, i'm you can, like you can stand up straight there so as i said the only requirements are are this you need a computer and you need a cell phone the cell phone is your buzzer sweet and same gonna... app that we same app we used last time uh I don't remember what app we used last time. What app did we use? Evil Apples? No, that's like, that's the the um, card game. Yeah, that's the card game. Did we use the buzzer the last time? Yeah. No, but we can, well, Jack in the Box has its like. Oh, yeah, that you don't know Jack does that on its own. Yeah, so we mm. can literally like just either get like an app. There's there's an app that I used on on Cleveland Sports Fan that will that uh, that we can do up to eight people. That's why I picked. That's why I picked teams four of four. four and four. Yeah, we'll just have to figure out 
figure out what that is. Yeah, uh, I I'll get all that down on paper probably tomorrow because I've got tomorrow and Thursday off, and and I will shoot it to both of you. But you're gonna need more teammates, so see if we'll Mackenzie get, uh... is free. But also remember that I'm going to do old shows. So yeah. you may want to think about finding somebody in their 40s. Well, I don't think I can find four people. So I'll probably be the old dude. And see if one of, I mean, if you really want something hilarious, see if one of the twins. The twins or, uh, Taylor. or Taylor. Taylor would be hilarious. I mean, she, does she ago. watch a lot of TV and movies? Yeah. Okay. She's beginning to. Um. <laughs> What? I mean, Beginning I to? No, no, no. I need seasoned veterans here. Yeah, because I might have Bob, which means that I'm probably going to win. Okay. Bob knows everything from 1980s backwards. So you didn't know shit about the movie we were talking about. That was movies. This is TV. I have to leave because I have to. This is movies or TV. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye now. All right. Move the camera. Fight the fairies! You fight those fairies! (laughs) Back to headphones. All right. We're back to headphones. (laughs) (sighs) I I only have about 700 more supernatural things. Um, (laughs) Well, with Sam on my team, you're fucked, so... Well, remember, I'm not going to do all supernatural. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I uh So you told me about part 1 and part 2. Is there a part 3? Part 3 is going to be a free for all. They will Meaning be what? They will be audio clips. You just have to name what it's from. Guess the random audio clip. Mm-hmm. So uh, okay. And, and what what I'm doing with the third segment is I'm actually cutting up different audio clips, putting them together. So say say mash. You may have the beginning of the clip with radar speaking. Then it's then it'll cut to to uh, a clinger. I don't have that capability. <laughs> what What do you mean? I don't have any audio editing. I'm not asking. You don't have to do anything. I've already done all this. Oh, I thought you wanted me to like send you some. Hmm. Oh, okay. Alrighty. That's why I That's said That's the beauty of this. I don't team, have to do jack shit. <laughs> you don't have to do jack. You just have to come and play. Okay. All right. My team has to do some shit. But that's okay. I have two youngins and two oldins. And we will uh we will rock this baby out. <laughs> this is going to be a good old time. I think you will have a good time. Oh. I, think, I think it'll be funny. Uh, I, well, Sam will be funny every time I play a Supernatural clip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might just have them all Supernatural. Just for... <laughs> uh, let's oh, 
know, I, I, I literally thought about that. that if we ever did a show where Sam was on the whole thing. It would I, be an all supernatural show. It would all be supernatural. I, I, would, I would be sitting watching TV and y'all be just having a good time. <laughs> I, I, ooh, yeah, I, Sam and I really need to do sit down and do a supernatural show. Um, well, she, yeah, if, if when she's not in school and working killer hours, yes. And I don't know when I that mean, is exactly, but you you have her number. You can text her and find out. At some point in time, she has to graduate school. So. Well, she's know. working full time and going back to school part time, so it's going to be a little bit. Oh my God! D- does she have her bachelor's already? Is, is she's she's got a neuroscience degree, a four year degree in neuroscience, but she's going back for her RN. Okay. I didn't hear that. Whatever. Anyway. I think she's talking to somebody else. I think she's talking to her mama. Her mama? Her mama. My whiff. You're, what? You're married? My, I know, right? What the hell did that happen? shit. She's not coming with us to put in bay, is she? Hell no. Oh, my God. She would not handle it well in that room. <laughs> she would murder herself or us. <sighs> Got to remember to bring a fan just to kill the noise. You said you have to have a fan on. Although I I have a fan app on my phone, which does a pretty good job. I said I have to have the TV on. We can do both. Why not both? (laughs) Perfect. Um, I usually bring my headphones with me because they're Bluetoothed. And I have an app on my phone that I can set my phone next to the TV. Or I can hook it straight into my TV. Oh, nice. And uh and not here. Yeah. I also bring I also bring a Roku with me because I can't stand commercials. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got what, Hulu, Netflix, and Disney on my phone. So mm. if we can Bluetooth. If we can get it to the TV, that's cool. Yeah. The Roku. I might be able to send it to the Roku. It's usually like I send it like a Chromecast or something. Which, oh fuck, I have a Chromecast. I could bring it with me. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, you. The Roku will will do Chromecast as well. I know that I can I can aircast from my phone to the to the Roku, but I'm I'm Apple, which means that I'm either stupid for spending so much money or or all your shit works one of the two or all my shit works um that's <laughs> <laughs> what you spent all the money to do yeah no it's dead <laughs> so 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 we we've discussed next week yes we've gotten your shit fixed how's your booze going I'm still in my first glass. It, this is this tastes more like a whiskey, and it's it is a straight bourbon whiskey, but it's it, it's more along the the feel, the the vibe of a whiskey than it is a, a traditional bourbon. But it's still very good. Mm, ladies and gentlemen, uh, so mm. you know, 
davisanddavisshow.com, davisanddavisshow.com, davisanddavisshow.com. Please go there for any news that you wish to find out about us. We're going to be in Putin Bay starting September 20th. I think my flight gets in at 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning. I don't remember. Don't really give a flying shit. Just as long as Burke picks me up and we get to Putin Bay. As long as you get on the plane at the right time, I'll be there. I think, I think I'm supposed to be on the plane at 6 o'clock in the morning. But remember, I live right outside of the gate to uh, DFW Airport. So, Oh, nice. Yeah. Walk over there. <laughs> well, that, and I've got my known traveler number. So I bypass most of the security. I don't have to take my shoes off. I don't have to take my belt off. None of oh, that nice. stuff. It's, life is so much better when you're a freak. <laughs> so would you would you like to see what I did this weekend? Yes. You want to flip over to Oh, hang on. I'm releasing the Kraken. <laughs> oh yeah. You said you've had it before. So like uh up against Bacardi Gold. Kraken's much better. Oh yeah, I get that. But like how and why? It's it's got a little bit okay. At eighty proof, it's got a fabulous flavor. Mm-hmm. I mean it it's it's not oh, Bacardi Gold is eighty also, but yeah, yeah. It, it it doesn't drown out. It's a spice drum still. Mm-hmm. So it it has a little bit more oomph than Bacardi does. Bacardi Bacardi's a great rum for mixing with yeah. drinks and stuff like that. Well, see, I, like, I like the gold because it just has a lot more, lot more flavor to it. It's you know, it's not just the rum flavor. It's yeah. rum and a little spicy and a little more encompassing. And... The the Kraken is just, I mean, it's almost, it's almost Captain Morgan's on steroids. Gotcha. It, it's got a phenomenal flight. You could drink this shit all night. I mean, you'll be hammered by the end of it, but you're like, oh, my God, this is so good. And I think the other thing about it is that I've never gotten a hangover from it. Mm. That's what she said. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was it was really good. Now, I, I did get kicked out of Bally's and... Um, <laughs> Something about Kathy not being able to walk. <laughs> and Bally's was attached to Paris, which was where I was staying. And uh, it was really sad when they took my driver's license and said, you no longer welcome. <laughs> uh, okay. Thank you. Would you like her? They asked for her driver's license. She looked at them and said, fuck off. Like, Should have let the drug speak. <laughs> I wasn't drunk. She was hammered. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. I've done enough talking about that. <clears throat> All right. So I guess the next thing to do is go into the show. No. Oh, shit, we haven't talked about what you did the last weekend. No, it's a bit all about Scotty. All about me. It's all about Scotty. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> mm. 
Wow, you're right. It is all about me. I'm so proud. I am so proud that you have figured that out. Um, so, you know, I've been multiple sharing already. So you've been able to share oh. with me forever. I'm just waiting on you to. Uh, I can screen share. Yeah. Screen share will stop the other's computer. Set. Okay. Yes, I do. Photo Google's share. Alrighty. So. I went up to Cleveland, Bob and the boat that I worked on many times at the beginning, you know, beginning of the year was the boat that I was on. Uh, And it was also the weekend of the Cleveland air show with the blue angels. So I got up there a little bit early on Friday and I was at the 77th street dock, which is where you put your boats in, which is about two miles away from, the airport where they're having the show, but I still got these pictures. No, nope, that ain't it. So the blue angels, blue angels tearing ass across. Just I mean, look at that. You can read the numbers on the tail fins. They were so damn close and loud. Oh my God. The sound was amazing. Hey, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. Right there. We were supposed to stay there. Uh-huh. It's a... Uh, I don't know how to put this gently. Um, it's a mostly non-white boat club. Really? Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to stay there, but the wall they had us on was so tall, we couldn't have gotten out of the boat and onto dry land, so we just anchored a little bit uh, uh, in the little bay right there by the, where you put the boats in. But Hmm. let's see, picture, picture, picture. Look at that. So pretty. These might, oh, can you hear that? Cannot hear it. You're not, Uh, you're not sharing your sound. I don't know how to share sound, do I? Well, uh, you would have, what did I do last time? Usually I'm what, screen sharing. What you have to do computer. is stop sharing, then press share and you'll see share sound in the lower left hand corner of the box that pops up. Aha. There it is. Oh, God, it's like permanent thunder. That sounds so good on the headsets. Holy cow. It's thinking. It's thinking. It was always hard to tell where they were coming from next. And this is where we were going to, we were going to park. And you can see it's made for like really tall boats, and then the boat we were on is not tall. Uh, what the that, hell was that? Uh, bug bite. <laughs> this is just a this is just the sunset. That's kind of I tried to do a that is on my phone screen right now. That looks like a digital picture. That's just beautiful. Oh, can't watch those. And C one thirty. 
C one thirty. Oh, that's uh, the, that's Fat Albert. No, it's just a regular C one thirty. No, it's not. That's Fat Albert. You can tell okay. by the paint scheme. Well, one of I've got some pictures of the Blue Angels C one thirty in here somewhere. Well, that's that was no, it. That, no, no, no. This is the guy that was taking the parachutes up. That's not a C one thirty. That's just a twin engine. Oh, it, it looks like the paint scheme for the Blue Angels. It has the blue tail and everything. But um, now there's a C-130. That's a C-130. That's not Fat Albert, though. Nope. We got some good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Fat Albert. Now we get into So this is Saturday, and we are anchored off maybe 100 yards away from the breakwater, dead center. I mean, just... Yeah, these guys are just 18 inches off each other's wings. Ooh, do it today. Sorry, didn't do that longer. There's Bob. There's Mary. Another video? Another video. Why is there music to this? Whatever. <laughs> Like Google does shit, you just have no clue about. Going upside down towards each other, breaking, taking off. Yeah. And then the Saturday night sunset was not quite as nice. That is, I forget what they call that big thing on the horizon there. It is the water inlet. It's about six six miles offshore uh, that they get all the water in Lake Erie that they use for Cleveland. And I got bit by something. Alrighty then. That is, that was, that was my weekend. It was fabulous. Friday night. We got so hammered. Oh my God. I was bartending. That was the problem. Uh, Saturday. We were all a little hungover. Um, the show was excellent. The weather turned bad, and unfortunately, we actually took the boat out at like, okay, what was it, midnight, one o'clock in the morning, tore it all down, uh, crashed in the back of the truck, and I, I got home Sunday morning-ish. So, yeah, but it was a great weekend. Well, that sounds exciting. It was fun, man. It was nice. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. That doesn't leave a lot left. Yeah. Good point. All right. Anything else we need to discuss before we... uh... Not that I am aware of. Okay. Then we're going to take a little break. Okay. We'll come back and we'll get into Hogan's Heroes. Hogan's Heroes. Ooh, yes. Seen a bit. Bubba, wait, am I, am no. I sharing? No. Oh, you know why? Because I took over. Because you took over, so I'm no longer sharing. Everyone hold for a second. Because, yeah, I'm going to make you wait for a break. That just makes totally, okay, here we go. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. Engage. Captain, <laughs> 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 
This is awesome. <laughs> All right, kids, we'll see you in a little bit. You'll have to call again. I'm just leaving. I'm uh, not dressed properly. Oh god, blue Picard. This is awesome. I am locute as a board. You will respond to my questions. I am locute as a board. You are bored. I am locute as a board. You will assist us. I am locute as a board. I know all of those episodes, oh my god. I just, I found this one day and I was like, this is perfect for our show. <laughs> awesome <laughs> oh what a beautiful day um so i busted my butt all day yesterday getting show prep ready for this and my mind kept sidetracking to the to the uh to the game show that we're doing next week i don't know why um i was totally stupid and did not did not download the um theme song the theme song for the show so sorry <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen let's get into it deep Heck dive yeah. it's another deep dive and and it's a deep dive into to 
to a show that came out in 1968, I think it was. Five. 1965. We were uh, born. Yeah, number of episodes. 168. Only 167 of them were in color. Yes, the pilot, the very first episode. Was, I thought there were more in black and white than that, but okay. Was the only one that was in black and white. Huh. Okay. The show that we're talking about is Hogan's Heroes, starring Bob Crane, uh, Werner Klemper. Uh, you got to give their full character names while you're at it. Bob Crane played Colonel Robert E. Hogan. Werner Klemper. <clears throat> played Colonel Wilhelm Klink. John Banner. Played Sergeant Hans Schultz. Robert Clary. Played Corporal Louis Lebeau. Richard Dawson. Played Corporal Peter Newkirk. Ivan Dixon. Played Sergeant James Kinchlow. Larry Hofus. Played Sergeant Andrew Carter. And Kenneth Washington. I don't have him down here. Kenneth Washington was what, Baker? He was Baker. He, gotcha. um, in 1970, uh, Ivan Dixon left the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kenneth Washington took over as Baker, um, which in a way was, was in the 1960s and 70s to have, a, to have an African-American man portraying somebody who's a radio man he, he mean, was also second in command of the yeah. group yeah i mean it was it it was it was big of them to do this um especially in that time period the the oh, yeah. six the 60s were tumultuous for for african americans it, it, um, it was it was rough being them back then yeah uh, I, even in the, the even myself growing up in the seventies, I saw, I saw the hatred was was still there. Uh, you know, it's, <laughs> there were several reasons why none of us went to Lodi during certain days of the week. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get hate mail from somebody yeah, in Lodi. Probably. <laughs> Lodi wasn't that bad. <laughs> We only had a parade once a year. We also had a couple other uh, regulars on the show. Uh, Leon Askin as General Albert Burkhalter. Cynthia Lynn, who played Helga. Sigrid Valdis, who played Hilda. Howard Kane, who played Major Wolfgang Hochstetler. And there were... I picked out three people from the cast that I like went, Oh shit. I know that guy. So Bernard Fox, the guy from um, the, the biplane uh, from uh, the biplane uh, pilot from the mummy. Yes. Uh, played Colonel Crittenden on a number of episodes. Harvey Keitel showed up as an uncredited German soldier. And uh, Charles Napier, who was in uh, Silence of the Lambs and Austin Powers, but also had uncredited roles in uh, this show. Uh, Colonel Crittenden's, uh, the, 
the Colonel Crittenden was one of my favorite characters. <laughs> he was hilarious. Um, now the research that I did for the show was was I, I have every episode of Hogan's Heroes on DVD sitting. Oh wow! Me. Good lord. Um, so I went through and I watched the last season first. And then I watched the first season and it was very interesting doing it this way. Uh, The very first, the very first show. Well, let's, let's give a, uh, let's give a background before we go into the show, I guess. Okay. Um, Now you want to go back background? This Stalag 13 was an outdoor film set built Mm -hmm. in 1965 near the Northwest corner of the RKO 40 acres yes. in Culver City. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the back lot uh, owned by RKO Pictures and then later Desilu Pictures. Um, for nearly 50 years, it's uh, outdoor full-scale sets had Western streets and Atlanta streets and Main streets. Uh, was used in films such as King Kong, the original, Gone with the Wind, uh, a number of TV uh, series like uh, Star Trek had a couple episodes and Bonanza even had a bunch of episodes there. Um, I I have a picture I could share with you, but then you'll have to remember to turn your stuff back on. So that is the... You can see... Can you see? Yes. Okay, so you got all the Stalag 13, you get the, the high berms and everything that you look at the gate. Yeah, so yeah, I just I just thought it was kind of an interesting picture because I think, didn't we talk about the back set for, um, oh, uh, uh, oh, God, what show was that? Were there the, 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 the SS Minnow? What was that show? Oh, um, Gilligan's Island. Yeah, did we didn't we talk about like the set areas and stuff like that? Well, we're looking we, at like aerial we, photographs. We talked about some of the backlot stuff. Um, so go ahead. We, and share again. The the whole backlot thing. I, I mean, remember? Uh, I think it was Mayberry RFD. Was Mayberry was on this set also? Well, if you go back to bring the picture up, please. Now, they don't have it listed on this picture, but in this picture, you can actually see part of Mayberry down in the lower right corner, lower left corner. Sorry. Yeah, yeah there's fencing houses. That yeah. that road w- was showed up in, in Mayberry, if you, or the Andy Griffin yep. show, and yeah. Um, and and I, always, I always said that, that that's really kind of funny that, that you could have gone out of Mayberry and straight into... <laughs> Nazi <laughs> Germany. The premise of the show here, I'll read it. Go ahead. Hogan's Hero centers on U.S. Army Air Force Colonel Robert Hogan and his staff of experts who are prisoners of war during World War II. The plot occurs during the permanent winter season in the fictionalized Stalag 13. I have a bit about the whole winter thing, yeah. Uh, which, when I was watching when I watched the first season and the last season, it amazed me as at the fact that, that most of the people weren't sweating any of that yet. It was filmed in California, in California, 
in the heat of I mean, hopefully they they filmed in the off seasons and it wasn't so blistering hot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was always snowy. the The producers and creators agreed to do this from the be- very beginning. Cat. <laughs> um, there would always be snowy. So whatever episode you watch at whatever time, it all felt very continuous. Um, the cat is trying to dig something out of something from the desk over here. Hey. Um, so how did they make it look like snow all the time? Uh, in the first three seasons of the show, they use salt to mimic the look of snow on the ground or on the buildings on, on the set, but it wasn't very cost effective. Then the fourth season, they started painting the rooftops and the ground with white paint, apparently. Uh, so it's not very noticeable difference. Um, and they would also do night shots during the day. Like they didn't wait for night because it was really tough because the cameras weren't very good at night. The lighting really sucks. They had some special filter that they put on the lens of the cameras to make it look like night. And they could film all day long and do as many night shots as they wanted to. Yeah, basically they use the neutral density filter. And they, they're they able to make it as dark as they want. What was cool about that was that as with the neutral density in, the spotlights that you could not see during the daytime were noticeable in the backgrounds. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I interrupted. Please continue okay. with the please that's continue okay. with the uh, synopsis of the show. So, it, it, to carry on with the synopsis, it's it's a comedy with these gentlemen in Stalag Thirteen. Uh, and they are, um, they are prisoners of war, but, but it's not, it, it's, they, but they're not prisoners. <laughs> uh, okay. So I, I'm going to give you the plot of the very first show because actually the very first show is interesting as hell. It's funny as hell because of the fact that, uh, Carter is actually not a Carter. Well, he's Carter, uh-huh. but he is actually breaking into Stalag 13. <laughs> and the, the guy that's, that's there helping him to get in was only in the very first episode. Oh, wow. What they ended up finding was that they liked Carter's character better than the other guys <laughs> so they kept carter nice which was cool as shit um now the very first episode is is all about carter breaking in to the camp a nazi spy infiltrates hogan's group Ooh. and basically tries to tell general bolt carter where all of the the tunnels and all that stuff. Oh are. God, I do remember that episode. Uh, and it's it's brilliantly done. I mean, Hogan finally figures out he's a rat, and and they, then sets him up. They set him up. You know, they they're they're making 
they're making Luger uh, cigarette lighters and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, it's it's all kinds of wacky stuff uh, so that the guy ends up getting caught by Burkhalter and, in the end. Um, and like I said, Carter wasn't even supposed to be there. Now you're talking about Larry Hovis, right? Larry Hovis. He was not supposed to be a full-time character in the show. Did, did you know that he always hid his wedding ring? Yes. He, he would not take it off. And that's why you see him wearing gloves, gloves a lot of the time. time. He was very deeply devoted to his wife, refused to remove his ring. Um, uh, but, this, yeah, the film in the summertime, it kind of sucked. His wife was named Ann Corrigan, and they remained married up until her death in 1995. Hovis passed away in 2003. Yeah. Um, the, well, I, I mean, let's let's go through the let's go through the cast real quick. We have we have Bob Crane. We'll talk about him last. Uh, after Bob Crane, let's let's go with Werner Klemper. Um, cool dude. Werner is an actual German. Uh, and when he signed on to to do this role the one thing that he said was the minute that colonel clink succeeds at something i will quit yeah the the nazis had to look like buffoons at all times they had to always fail and and, and he was very adamant about colonel clink being a buffoon he had to be a but now it was interesting like i said watching the pilot again because because colonel clink isn't as much of a doofus in that as that's right he was a lot more militant yes he was a lot more militant he actually was surprised when when the one guy turned out to be a spy for burkhalter um but but yeah, he got a much more vaudeville uh, kind of vibe going on later on in the series, definitely. Now, there there were several people in the cast that were that were Jewish. Actually, every single Nazi uh higher up was Jewish. Well, well, Colonel Clink was the, all not the officers Jewish. No, yes, he was. No, he he was just German. Nope, he was Jewish. Um, why is it that my information is all wrong then? All right, everyone, we're going to have to pause for a second because we <laughs> are. All right. All right, we... so, so we've had a little bit. Some of my information is a little off, but. Well, here, here we go. Klemper was born in Cologne, Germany to a musical family. Uh, but he his was fa- musically... his father was some kind of like famous uh, composer. Yeah, well, he was a conductor. Otto the conductor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Otto Klemper was a conductor, and his mother was a, a soprano singer in opera and other forms of blah blah blah. His father was Jewish by birth, but he converted to Catholicism when he married Klemper's mother, who was Lutheran. Uh, 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 wait a minute. His father was Jewish. He converted to Catholicism, but later returned to Judaism. 
He yes, his father did go back okay. to Judaism, but Werner stayed a Catholic. Okay, all right. So some of my info was a little off. I apologize. Um, Klemper, definitely got some Jewish roots in him. But but <laughs> well, his family was Jewish, so yeah. I, I mean, there's yeah. that's something that that you know, my family's Catholic, so Catholicism is something big to me. Um. Yeah, it even says that his grandmother was a Sephardic Jew from Hamburg. Anyways, uh, the Klempers immigrated to the United States in 1933 after World War One. Uh, this was um, this was the beginning of uh, of of the the reign of of uh, Hitler. Uh, that's him. And, and for those of you that didn't see it, I, I stuck my finger underneath my <laughs> <laughs> Um You know, so, so 33, I mean, we saw the writing on the walls in 1933 when, when Hitler started making Jews do certain things. Anyways, as we said, Werner said flat out, no bueno unless they stupid. Yeah. Um, and and that and and that, but that does lead us into into General Bolkarter. Uh, Levy, what what's his name? Hold on, uh, please. Uh, Leon Askin. Askin, yes. Leon Askin was Jewish. Mm-hmm. And he, if I remember, I think he got into the states in nineteen forty. Ooh, I think uh, not, that's from memory that, that I could be wrong on that one. I, I think it's either right, him or LeBeau, I, either him or LeBeau. I can't remember which. Well, let's find out here. It's opening. It's opening. All right. So he was born uh, into a Jewish family in 1907 in Vienna, Austria. Wow. Um, Adolf Hitler was 18 years old and a high school dropout looking for quarters in the city at that time. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I, one of the sad facts is that both of his parents were, were um, social democratic activists. Well, they were also both killed during the Holocaust. Uh they were both put into internment camps and and uh, uh, gassed to death. Um, yeah, his, his... Askin was was doing a show when Hitler took power in Germany in '33. Askin was unfortunate enough to be playing a gig in Dusseldorf and was hauled off stage and told not to return. He was then arrested by the SA, taken to a makeshift jail, beaten senseless by the SS. And in 38, he fled to Paris as Hitler rode into Vienna in triumph. Soon France declared war on Hitler's Germany, and the young actor eventually interned for a short time at the Malais du Main prison camp. Jesus. There it is, yeah. Immigrated to the U.S. in 1940. Immigrated in 1940. Yeah. Both both of his parents were murdered in the Treblinka death camps. Oh, God. Um. He 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 did a lot of movies. 
He served in the military here too. Actually, a couple of people did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the 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 serving in the military was a big thing to a a lot of them. Um, in won, our military, yeah. Let's see here. He won. He won the Austrian Cross of Honor for science and art twice. Um. But he was he was big into the arts and he was big into teaching mm-hmm. the arts. Now, when yeah. he was asked to do this show, because he's one of the few people that was that was asked, he didn't audition for this. He was asked to do this role, and he flat out said he would only he, he like Werner basically said he would do it to honor those who died in the Jewish camps, but he wouldn't do it if the Nazis ever, ever won anything. He couldn't be in an episode where they won something. And honestly, I think, uh, uh, Feldman, the Feld Feldman was the, the producer of Hogan's heroes. And wait, 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 I just hit a, a little thing in 1950. Askin hit Broadway in the comedy 20th Century with Gloria Swanson and Jose Ferrer. I did not know that. That's cool. Sorry, 40 feature films. Jesus, 130 television appearances, including portrayals of Karl Marx and Martin Luther in Steve Allen's PBS series, Meaning of the Minds. He directed two episodes of the award-winning series. And most of his roles, the skilled here were the heavies, yes. Interesting. He appeared in 67 of the 168 Hogan's Heroes episodes. <clears throat> Sorry. He's a member of the Oscar Selection Committee of the Academy of Motion Pictures. Wow. He was heavy duty. He was, I, I had no clue he was that, that entrenched in the arts. That's awesome. He was in Young Frankenstein. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, he was in Young. Askins had a role in the classic Mel Brooks comedy Young Frankenstein, but his scenes were cut from the oh. film. Oh, he would have made a great townsperson. I gotta admit. Now, when he retired, uh, I think his last movie was two thousand one. Um when he basically retired from doing films in America, which I think was around 1987, 1988, he moved back to Vienna to finish out his life where he was born and where his family lived until, until Hitler changed everything. Um, he, he had a good run. Good Lord. He died in 2004 at the age of 97. He is interned in Vienna's Central Cemetery in downtown Vienna. That's cool. Uh, He was a a brilliant actor in Hogan's Heroes. His interaction with Hogan (laughs) is just, it's to die for. Uh, the way that those two bounced off of each other was so, so good. And I mean, what, what happened, what happened 
is it, well, you've got two antagonists there, or uh, yes, <laughs> words are hard. I know words are so hard. <laughs> Bob Crane's your protagonist. Clink is an antagonist, but when Burkhalter comes in, you end up getting. Burkhalter almost becomes a protagonist when he's yeah. dealing with Clink. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Hogan comes in and he blows the whole thing up. It's freaking hilarious. They they did very well together. Oh yeah. Uh, I, he he knew how to play the heavy, but not go overboard with it and play it for comedy, which is a really fine line for somebody to find. I mean, he did a great, great job role. Um, now about the other side character, um, Howard Kane as major Wolfgang Hawk. Hawk Hitler. He uh, was funny. <laughs> now, cause that was, SS, wasn't he? He was. But what was his name? Howard? Howard Cohen. And then he changes to Howard Kane. He and his Jewish parents moved to New York City from Nashville, Tennessee at the age of 13. But this was in 1939. Now. He's already working towards his acting career, losing his southern accent, learning the first of some 32 foreign languages. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. Holy shizen. But it goes beyond that. Here's what... What I loved about him, what I, what I loved about Hochstetter is that in the the first Hochstetter in season one was not this gentleman. Oh, really? No. He was the Panzer Division leader. Oh, okay. And it was played by a totally different guy. This guy didn't come in until 1966. Uh in the Battle of Stalag 13. Hmm. And he wasn't even Major Hochstetter yet. He was Colonel Feldkamp in that. <laughs> then he was also in Happy Birthday Adolf, where he was Major Keitel. It <laughs> wasn't until after that that he came in as Major Hochstetter. And I tell you what, the first two characters that he played, he was good at those characters. Hochstetter was what he <laughs> excelled at. Colonel Hogan. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, he's hilarious. Um, now let's see here. I don't know. He, he um he was Jewish. Yep. I don't think that he was. I think he was born here in America. Let me see here. Uh, nope. Born January 2nd, 1926 in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. And he died December 28th, 1993 at the age of 67 in North Hollywood, California. He took up Appalachian five-string banjo in the 60s. Yes. And went on to win 29 banjo contests. Dude, that's awesome. 
I, as a matter of fact, let's see here. Uh, I'm on this one website that I kind of breeze through. I have it up right now, so I'm kind of like referring to it. Dude, that is him playing banjo. That's awesome. Playing the five-string banjo. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Back to this. Because I got to be able to see my screen. Uh, he was uh, he then moved to um, New York City and and began studying acting. Learning to suppress his, his southern accent, he went on to become a master of 32 languages. That's amazing. Uh, Kane served in the United States Navy, go Navy. From 1944 to 1946. And he did fight the Japanese in the Pacific Theater. Holy shit. Uh, Kane studied drama at Columbia University where he graduated summa cum laude. Super smart guy. Uh, He became very, very, uh, well, he became wildly known for several catchphrases, including, who is this man? (laughs) What is this man doing here? I will surround the camp with a ring of steel. (laughs) And he also (laughs) shouted, bah, as he left rooms. (laughs) Bah! (laughs) It's kind of like the original Homer's dough, but it's a little more Teutonic. Uh, the major self-identified as a Gestapo agent, but usually dressed in the pre-war uniform of the SS. Yeah, I was just reading something about some of his ex- insignia hat was uh, from a major and some was from a colonel. So it was kind of Hollywood's, you know, amalgamation of Gestapo, I guess. Yeah, uh, I see here. Um. I didn't even bring up the truck because we've gone over that in a previous uh, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. The okay. truck is awesome. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna jump into the last Nazi I have on our list, and that would be my buddy, my friend. I know nothing. Nothing. John Banner. He, you know, but the thing about him is he wasn't really a Nazi per se. He was in the military and you could tell, like, he wanted to build toys. He didn't want to be a camp. He wanted to eat strudel and build toys. That was what he wanted to do. He got, he got forced into the military. I mean, Yeah, he, he was conscripted, and, yeah, he, th- and that's kind of why most of the time he just turned a blind eye because he, he had that I don't give a fuck attitude because I want to go get out of this crap and go eat strudel and make toys because that's what I did when I was happy and the war wasn't going on. <laughs> you know? So he was he was born in 1910, January 28th, 1910, in – oh, I'm going to – butcher this and i apologize okay stanislaw austria hungary wow uh 
Uh, he died January 28th, 1973 at the age of 63 in Vienna, Austria. Not a uh, horrible place to die. No, not at all. Um, Banner, Banner is another, uh, another Jewish, Jewish individual. Uh, he was born to Jewish parents in Stanislaw, Austria, Hungary. Now, Ivano Frankivist, Ukraine. Uh, he studied for a law degree at the University of Vienna, but decided instead to become an actor. In 1938, when performing with an acting troupe in Switzerland, Adolf Hitler annexed Austria to Nazi Germany. Oops. Banner fled and immigrated to the United States, where he rapidly learned English. In 1942, Banner enlisted oh. in the United States Army Air Corps, underwent basic training in Atlantic City, and became a supply sergeant. He even posed for a recruiting coaster, poster, poster. Becoming, before he became portly. <laughs> he served uh, until 1945. Just a little sad side note. Um, he, uh, most of his family was trapped in Austria, Austria and would eventually perish in Hitler's death camps. Yeah. Um, according to fellow Hogan's Heroes actor, Robert Clary, who was a Holocaust survivor himself, John lost his entire family to the Holocaust. Yeah. Um, there's actually... If you go to the National Holocaust Museum, uh, there's actually a, a place there where they talk about Robert Cleary and um, several others from Hogan's Heroes that, that lost families during the Holocaust. Well, yeah, we'll get to Robert, but he was he was there. Yeah, well, I mean. Yeah, we'll get there. You we'll know, there. But between Leon Askin and uh, uh, John Panner and Werner Klemper, they all lost families yeah. to the Holocaust. They they all immigrated to the U.S. at the beginning, right at the beginning of the war. Um, yeah, but Banner had to teach himself English on the way here. But he was smart. Holy shit. Yeah. He, uh, 40 films... Da, 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 Hitler, 70 television appearances, including Alfred Hitchcock presents the man from uncle, Mr. Ed, the adventures of Superman, Perry Mason, the Lucy show, Rocky Jones, space Ranger, the red skeleton show and the Partridge family. The year before the premiere of Hogan's heroes banner portrayed a world war II German home guard soldier in a movie called 36 hours starring James Garner which they believe is the role that got him the part for Hogan's Heroes. Fair enough. Um, I, and I, forgive me, I know that there is a movie out there that that these guys got sued over. Was it called Stalag 17? Stalag 17. Now, I have, I have John Banner's character met up with a border guard played by Sig Ruman who had portrayed another prisoner, uh, prisoner of war chief guard named Sergeant Schultz in the 1953 film Stalag 17, which is where the, uh, the whole, 
there were bits and pieces of Hogan's Heroes which came from Stalag 17. If yeah, you've, but now, that was you, a dark fucking film. Oh, my it, God. It was evil. I mean, it was that was bad. Well, it, I mean, it was like an honest portrayal. It was. That's good. why it was so bad. I thought it was a great film. It was a good film. It was just fucking dark. Oh, but God. It was dark. And I mean, I mean, the, the guys, the guys building the tunnel, you know, they're, they're, they're on that little dolly going back and forth. And I'm sitting here going, you're going to get crushed. These guys are done. These guys are done. And, and, and lo and behold, oh my God, that, that movie's evil. It's, it is not the happy ending that Hogan's Heroes no, was. No, no. And I, 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 I saw it and I'm like, oh, this must be the basis for Hogan's Heroes. And I'm watching this thing going, oh, oh, uh, oh, 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 hell, oh, oh, God, oh, oh. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad. It's, yeah. it's bad. Uh, the comedy bad. series Hogan's Heroes in which Banner plays Sergeant Schultz, the role, the role for which he will be most remembered. Oh, yeah. Uh, as we said, debuted in 1965. The character Schultz is a bumbling but ultimately lovable German guard at a World War II prisoner of war camp. And honestly, he was. LeBeau loved him. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, LeBeau was a chef, and he loved to eat. It was a great, great pairing. Yeah. What was it they said? They said that uh, according to Banner, before he met and married his French wife, Christine, he weighed 178 pounds. <laughs> when he was cast in the show, he weighed over 260 pounds. <laughs> I was like, he, he died on his birthday. Holy yeah. cow. But well, you saw where he died from, didn't you? Uh, abdominal hemorrhage. Yeah, that's... um. That's called eating too much, my friend. Ew. Yeah, that's not a good thing. You're, that's when when you eat so much that your intestines split open and you bleed to death. Ow. Yeah. So we talked about Werner enough, or was there anything else well, to we talk d- about? We've talked, uh, let's see, we've talked about all the Nazis. Now it's time to get into... The non-Nazis? The non-Nazis. Is that what we're... Non-Nazi? Non-Nazi. 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 We had no Italians in this. We only had... Odds and ids and odds-y. Yes. So, um, on that note, we need to take a little break, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, We shall return... Uh, Let's see here. I have to find it. I have to find it. Where is it? Where is it? I know I put it in here. And he's looking and looking. I'm I'm looking. looking. I'm looking. And I'm looking. looking. There it is. Okay. Ooh. Is everybody ready? Uh, uh, no, but I'm ready, so. Okay. She came from Greece. She had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College. That's where I... She told me that her dad was loaded. Why are we doing Star Trek for this episode? What the hell? And in 30 (laughs) seconds time, she said, I want to live like common people. I want to do whatever common people do. I want to sleep with common people. I want to sleep with common people like you. 
Well, what else could I do? I said, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I took her to a supermarket. I don't know why, but I had to start it somewhere. So it started there. I said, <laughs> I will, we'll be right back. Just see you in a bit. Oh, you're so funny. I said, yeah. Well, I can't see anyone else smiling in here. Are you sure? You want to live like common people? You want to see whatever common people see? You want to sleep with common people? You want to sleep with common people like me? But she didn't understand. She just smiled and held my hand. Rent a flat above a shop. Cut your hair and get a job. Smoke some flags and play some pool. Pretend you never went to school. But still you'll never get it right. When you're lying in bed at night. Watching roaches climb the wall. If you called your dad, he could stop it all here. You'll never live like common people. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Just a little preview of what everyone's going to hear next week. Song written by Barry Devon and played by Rhythm Heritage. And it's, it's SWAT for nobody who can't figure it out. It's SWAT. Lieutenant Harrelson, my favorite, but honestly, my very favorite out of the original was Robert Urich. Yeah, I forgot he was in that, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Next week. I am so looking forward to next week. Oh, that's going to be such a good show. I hope you I hope you remember a lot of your 70s stuff. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure that you're going to hear that song again. Ah, <laughs> uh, where were we? So we're, we're now going to the Allied Forces. Yes. Uh, and, and if everyone doesn't know it wasn't just americans in prisoner of war camps well it was kind of it was kind of a cool thing because like like you only had what two americans and the rest were you had french english no three i'm sorry yeah kinchlow and um yeah but i mean they had they had people from oh shit before we before we get into that i did forget about the elephant in the room Okay. Why is everything going to be so damn hard? Because um, it was easy, everybody would do it. All right, let me bring up my cast list again. Because we forgot something. We forgot something, people. And that's all my fault. Uh, I am DB. Hold on. Hogan's <coughs> heroes. And uh, so, not one German. One German that's actually two Germans. The very first one was portrayed by someone named Sigrid Valdis. Ah, well, no, they had two different names. They were two different characters. There was Hilda and Hilga. Helga. Helga. Hilda. Helga. Would you let me finish? No. <laughs> Hilda <laughs> was portrayed by Sigrid Valdis. Sigrid Valdis. She started the show. She is the no. reason that Bob Crane got divorced. No, no, no. Cynthia Lynn was the first one. And Cynthia Lynn, eh, let me go back to my notes here. I think Cynthia was the first one. Cynthia Lynn was the first one, 1965 to 1970. Yep. And she, uh, Bob and her had an affair. Uh, her husband said, I want you to leave the show because I didn't want you around him. Unfortunately, even though she did leave the show, she still got divorced. And then they replaced her with Helga. All right. Now, Helga was the Sig- first one. Okay, they replaced her with Hilda. Hilda was the second one. Yes. And the second one he married. Yes. We'll get into that later, however. That's a big uh, old can of worms there. So so the first one, Cynthia Lynn, was born in Riga, Latvia. Now I have a very, very, very bad feeling about Riga, Latvia. Why? 
Well, my friend Shadow came to me one day and he said, Scott, I want to go to Riga, Latvia to help film a movie, but I don't have the plane fare to do it. And it's a low budget film. Can I borrow a thousand dollars from you? And I went, damn, that is something that I don't want to stop someone from doing. And I said, you know what, Shadow, I'm going to loan you this money. And I know for a fact that you're not going to pay me back and we'll never be friends after this. (laughs) It is that in fact what happened. And Shadow went to Riga, Latvia. He came back and promptly took the rest of my money and moved to New York City. I never saw him again. Uh, I, I did hear from his sister because I put a hidden page on my website, which wasn't really hidden. You just couldn't get to it directly from my website that said very, very bad, nasty things about shadow stealing money from me. (laughs) And she called me up. She called me up one day. She's like, you know, he died. And I went, uh, okay. She's like, well, don't you think that you should take that down? I said, why are you going to pay his bill? (laughs) You a cold motherfucker. You know that? (laughs) I I took it down like six months after that, but I was like, you know, (laughs) fuck him. Anyways, I have a very bad feeling about Riga Latvia. She was born in 1937. Riga Latvia. She is not Jewish. She wasn't an officer. She lived to the ripe old age of 76, died March 10th, 2014 in Los Angeles, California. Now, the other girl... Uh, Sigrid Valdez, uh, we said that we're not going to talk about her right now, but I will give you a little bit of a bio for her. Um, she's a native Californian and she's Swedish. Ooh, she was born September 21st. That's like two days after my birthday. Nice. 1935. That's a few years before my birthday. Just a couple. October 14th, 2007, she died in Anaheim, California from lung, lung cancer. With the ripe old age of 72. At the ripe old age of 72. And she is buried next to Bob. Next to Bob. All right, sir. We are now about to go to the main cast. The Allies. And I'm going to let Burke take over for the allies. I've talked enough. Well, you obviously have a lot more info than I do, but uh, I can, I can chime in after you bring them. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, Let's start. Let's see. Towards the bottom of the list. No, 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 no. Yes. Let's go with, um, I don't have much about Mr. Baker. Um, do you want to talk um, about Mr. Baker about, real quick? About Mr. Washington. Yes. Uh, Kenneth Washington. Other than Let me he bring took up over my notes. the very last season. Because Ivan Dixon thought he could go on to some bigger and better things. And he did. And he, Yeah, he did. Um, 
But let's talk about Mr. Washington for two seconds. Uh, please go it, ahead. Uh, okay, this, this one's a tough one. Um, Kenneth Washington did do a lot of work after uh, after Hogan's Heroes, including one of my favorite movies, Westworld. Um, like he was in the movie movie? Yes. Oh, was, shit, he was. Yeah, he played, uh, he played a technician okay, in, cool. in Westworld. Uh, anyways, he was born October 19th, for 1946. So he was actually born after World War II was over, first off. Secondly, he is one of two characters that are still alive. There are only two characters from Hogan's Heroes still alive. Him and Robert Cleary. Yes. And if you want a great interview to go listen to, go listen to Robert Clary's interview that's on YouTube. Uh, it is it is yeah, he's got a bunch of really good stuff on there. Yeah. Um so so he did, Washington, uh, he did a bunch of uh Adam Twelve episodes. That's cool. Yes, he 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 was also in Dragnet. Petticoat Junction, Marcus Welby, the Paul he, Lynn show. He did Dragnet right before he was cast in Hogan's Heroes. Um, yes. Yeah, he, he yeah. Um, also was in one of my favorite 1970s police stories uh, called Police Story. Um, that was, what's her name, wasn't it? That, that was the female. What the heck was her name? Uh, oh... Gosh, I can't remember her name now. Um, there she is, but they don't have her listed as the top cast. What the hell? I, well, she kind of she kind of went into it later on. It started out with the with the uh, the first three seasons had Scott Brady running it and all that. It wasn't until later that that she be, she became uh, the lead. Pe- not Pepper. God, what the hell is her name? Oh my God. I mean, yeah, should know her. I should because. What the hell? Why is she so far down the list? See, I don't know. What the heck? Warren Remembrance. Oh, I'm on Howard Kane. Sorry. But I can't. I, I don't know. I don't have time to look that up. Anyways. I find um, Vic Morrow. I can't find. There's Robert Culp. I can't find her. Uh, oh, God. What the? Oh, this is going to drive me nuts, man. She's right there. Who is that? 1970s. What the heck? Angie Dickinson. That's it. That's it. That's it. That hurt. That that was painful. <laughs> that was painful. Oh dear lord. Uh anyways, Kenneth Washington uh la 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 la. Um where was he born? Gosh, it doesn't even say where he was born. He he did play Officer Miller in Adam 12 though. So he was on that for a while. Credits uh, directed Nancy Beverly's play Attack of the Moral Fuzzies. Okay. 
Let's see here. Washington guest starred on a different world. Um, the yeah, that's... first and only black actor to be featured in a major guest role on Petticoat Junction in 1963. Gotta love that. Now, now the, the, the difference between his character and Kinchlow, uh, Ivan Dixon's, um, really was not that much. They didn't change the character. Just changed the name, and that was about it. But, I mean, he just didn't have the presence and the, the charisma that, that Dixon did. Yeah. Um, Ivan Dixon, let's, I, I guess we'll, we'll run right into him. Ivan Nathan Dixon the third, born April 6, 1931, in New York City. Nice. Died March 16, 2008, at the age of 76 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hopefully he was watching a NASCAR race. <laughs> uh, he actually earned his degree from North Carolina Central University, uh, which historically is a black college. Um, okay. He, because he was born in New York, uh, his father worked at a grocery store and, and he actually learned how to speak Yiddish. Oh, wow. When he was young. Uh, he, he, uh, he, he took the part just because he needed the money. Uh, he actually did the pilot, but he was surprised that he actually got the part um, just because there was not many main characters in shows that were not white in the mid-60s. Uh, he always wanted to play the straight man and wanted to grow as an actor. When he left the show, he went on to direct a whole mess of shows. Like uh, he directed The Waltons, Room 222, Black Sheep Squadron, The Bionic Woman, Wonder Woman, The Greatest American Hero, Airwolf, Magnum P.I., and Quantum Leap. Now, to top it off, he was a stage actor. Ah, I did not know that. Dixon appeared on stage in both movies, TV series, or specials. And on Broadway, Dixon appeared on Broadway in William Soroyan's The Cave Dweller in 1959. He performed in Lorraine Hansberry's A Raisin in the Sun in 1958. He was a stunt double for Sidney Portier in in the film The Defiant Ones. Oh, wow. He was cast in two episodes of Twilight Zone. Porgy and Bess. Have Gun Will Travel, uh, Harry Mason, Twilight Zone, Dr. Kildare, The Defenders, To Trap a Spy, I Spy, The Fugitive, Ironsides, It Takes a Thief, God, he did, and The Mod Squad, he did a mess of stuff, holy cow, that was just his acting. That Yeah, that was just his acting, he was... Um, I know that you've you probably Dude, said this in his in his he's got forty nine director credits and only fifty three actor credits. That's cool. Um, he he was in. Well, I I know that you listed all that you said. The Waltons, Rockford Files, Bionic Woman, Eddie Capra yep. story, Magnum PI, and the A Team. Uh, 
Dixon's first feature film as a director was the black exploitation thriller Trouble Man. Uh, he also directed the controversial 1973 feature film The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Oh my! Yeah, I could, I, you could not make movies like this anymore. Nope, nope. Um, yeah, he he's a. Uh, I, I oh oh wait dixon occasionally took acting parts throughout the 70s and 80s notable roles include lonnie the straw boss from car wash <laughs> god i love that movie <laughs> working at the car wash whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so there you have both the actors that played the 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 radio man yeah, for the yeah, the radio man there's a good way to put it yes for hogan's heroes i mean I, yes they were both african americans uh and they did portray african americans in the the show they weren't yeah. portraying people play fighting from nigeria Africa. or something like that yeah, yeah. um they, they and they were both really good at the role oh yeah um, they were just very cool and just well like, i i think the no thing nonsense that... down to earth and 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 very professional at the job that they had to do in th- the camp you know i think the thing that 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 hit me the most about it was that you could tell that they were both intelligent men on mm-hmm. the show they knew what they were doing. They knew how to build radios. They knew how to make them work. Uh, they weren't Larry Havas's Sergeant Carter. Which probably should be the next guy we talk about. Um, was he a sergeant? I can't remember if he was a sergeant. Sergeant Andrew Carter. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Larry Hovis. Wow. Um, so let's let's move on to Larry Hovis. Born February 20th, 1936, passed away September 9th and 2003 at the age of 67 from, I don't know, but I know you do. Austin, Texas. Now, what did he, what did he pass oh. away from? Oh, what he passed away from was, I have that down here, esophageal cancer. Ah, that's right. And he passed away at the... No, that was Richard Dawson. No, Havis died of esophageal ca- cancer. Him too? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's two of them. Um, okay. And whatever you do, if you if you go to don't, Wikipedia, don't hover over. Don't look at the picture. The, don't don't picture, touch the don't the touch pic- the word. No, picture don't bad. Do it. Picture no. bad. Um, he. Oh my gosh! 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 <laughs> so, when I first moved to Texas the first time. No, it would be the second time. Uh, 1999, I moved here to work at the Dallas Theater Center. And I was like, oh, I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited. I met a lot of people down here in the theater community. And there is a college in San Marcos, Texas, now called Texas State University. Uh, Back in... 1990s it was called southwest texas state university larry hovis taught drama cool 
at Southwest Texas State University during the 90s. Now, he had, okay, their theater floats on a lake. Jesus. It is the coolest thing I have ever seen. I got there, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. It's just a big old fucking barge. And then I walked in, (laughs) and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a gorgeous theater. I want to do a show here. Um. Absolutely fabulous place. But Larry Hovis uh, uh, ended up moving to Texas after the 80s. Uh, he originally grew up in Wapato. 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 Yeah. Moved to Houston. Yep. And uh, which is within the boundaries of the accommodation and it's not part of the Akama Indian Reservation. Okay. Uh, he was a singer in the Arthur Godfrey's Talent Scouts. He attended the University of Houston during the mid-50s, sang in nightclubs, uh, released an album. That's right. He had an album. He wrote his own songs and, and, and got an album put out of his own songs. I forgot about that. He was part um, of the Houston-based trio... Began local theater productions, moved to New York City in 1959, appeared in the 1960 Broadway review from A to Z, which showcased his singing and comedy talents. Now, Hogan's Heroes was was not the first first military. Yeah, not the first time he was in the military. Uh Uh-uh. No. Private Larry Goschalk. Gomer Pyle, USMC. You got it, my friend. He was also on the same set. On the same set. On the ex- <laughs> filmed on the exact same back lot. Uh, as a matter of fact, yeah. All he also those- was on the Andy Griffith show on the same set. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, now, if you remember, I, I I talked about this. I talked about. Um, Leonard. What's that? That doesn't sound good. I can't hear you. I cannot hear you. Oh, I can't see you either. That can't be good. Uh, Oh, God. That's bad. Oh, wait, I hear you. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. I can hear you. Hello. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Uh, I can't see you, but I can hear you. That's a, that's a good thing. All right, everybody, hold. Everybody, <laughs> hold. Don't move. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. <laughs> I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both i know the version of me is she perverted like me would she go down on you in a theater does she speak eloquently and would she have your baby hey i already played this 
No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. No, you didn't. You'll have to listen to this again, but yeah, I did. Oh, darn. I love this song. recording at some point they need to hear the whole song Wrong song. Hang on. How do you think, man? They, the first song was great. Yeah, but there's a reason that I'm playing this one. 
So there's a little story about this. In Grover, Washington. Yes. Anybody, anybody that knows me knows that I'm friends with Grover, Washington the third. Look at that. Right there's Grover. Yeah, there's a lot of shit going on with Grover right now. And uh Hello. sorry. Uh well, it has to do with I mean, his father was the producer on the song. His father wrote the song, yet he's not listed as the writer of the song because Bill Withers changed four words. Oh my. So there's been all of these battles lately and it's not just bill withers that they're dealing with it's not just when an artist dies you would think that that legacy should move on to his children yet all these lawyers and stuff are are literally just taking grover washington's stuff away from grover's family and uh it's kind of disgusting, and I mean, like I said to Grover, they'll get their own in the end. God doesn't like thieves. Um, so I wanted to play this song in honor of of my friend Grover and cool. say that Grover Washington Jr. was one of the writers of this song. And uh, probably one of the best songs that came out in the eighties. This came out in nineteen eighty. This was this was an excellent, excellent song. Actually, it was re- released February nineteen eighty one uh, on Electric Electra Records. Songwriters are listed as Bill Withers, Ralph McDonald, and William Salter. And producers are listed as Jonathan Johnson, Grover Washington Jr., and Ralph McDonald. Um, The funny thing is that both Bill Withers and Grover Washington put this song on their top singles album. Their greatest hits. 
uh, which kind of makes me laugh. Um, we we got to get back into Hogan's Heroes. We had we had some technical. <laughs> I I don't know why my computer does this, but but every so often, all the USB ports shut down and recycle. Hmm. And I'm That's like, interesting. I, I mean, I have to be on a Zoom call for like three hours for it to happen, and we're at like two hours fifty three minutes. So I was like, hey. Maybe it's speeding up. <laughs> um, literally, where is it? I know nothing. Nothing. I don't know anything about this damn thing. Uh, who were who? We talked about Larry Hoes. We should uh, probably get to uh, either Robert Clary or Richard Dawson. They're kind of a toss-up. Well. I think we need to go with Robert Clary. Okay. Well, he's got a lot of stuff, man. He's got a lot of stuff, but Richard Dawson ties into the Bob Crane story. Okay. Fair enough. Where Louis LeBeau is basically Louis LeBeau's story. So, Mr. Robert Clary, who played Corporal Louis LeBeau, Born March 1st, 1926, and is still around. Born? Where? Was it France, by chance? Paris, France, (laughs) to be exact. (laughs) And was one of the few to be actually in a concentration camp. Yeah, that's a... it was such a dark time. Um, and and I'm, I'm trying to look up, I'm trying to see which camp he was interned in. I know. Uh, oh, he was in. Uh, uh, he was Jewish. He was deported to Nazi concentration camp at Atmuth um in poland he was tattooed with the identification number a5714 on his left arm he was he was later sent to buchenwald concentration camp at buchenwald i think it i think it's buchenwald he sang to audiences of ss soldiers every other sunday accompanied by accordionists uh, he said, singing, singing, entertaining, and being in kind, uh, kind of good health at my age, that was why I survived. He was an actor, singer, painter, author, and lecturer. He was the youngest of 14 children, 10 of whom would die in the Holocaust. Holy shit. Uh, Clary, in an interview, said, we were not even human beings when we got to Buckingweld. The SS shoved us into shower rooms to spend the night. I had heard the rumors about the dummy shower heads that were gas jets. I thought this is it, but no, it was just a place to sleep. The first eight days there, the Germans kept us without a crumb to eat. Well, fuck. We were hanging onto life by pure guts, sleeping on top of each other, 
every morning waking up to find a new corpse next to you. Oh, my God, a cat just shit. The whole experience was a complete nightmare. The way they treated us, what we had to do to survive, we were less than animals. Sometimes I dream about those days. I wake up in a sweat, terrified for fear. I'm about to be sent away to a concentration camp, but I don't hold a grudge because that's a great waste of time. Yes, there's something dark in the human soul, but for the most part, human beings are not very nice. That's why when you find those who are, you cherish them. Clary, Jesus. Uh, Clary was liberated from, from Buckingweld on April 11th, 1945. Sadly, 12 other members of his immediate family were sent to Auschwitz. Clary was the only survivor. Uh, when he returned to Paris after World War II, he learned that three of his 13 siblings had not been taken away and had survived the Nazi occupation, thankfully. Jesus Christ. Uh, <clears throat> wow. You know, yeah. He, he returned to the entertainment industry immediately after the war um, and began singing songs that not only became popular in France, but became popular in the United States as well. Uh, Clary made his first recording in 1948. They were brought to the United States on wire and were issued on disc by Capitol Records. How cool is that? I mean, he recorded it in Paris. It was sent over by electric wire, and they reproduced it over here on discs. That's kind of cool. I mean, that was pretty high tech back in the day. Yeah. Um, let's see. He he later met Merv Griffin. <laughs> How cool is that? I used to love Merv. <laughs> I I used to watch his show every morning. You remember he was the uh, he was the serial killer and the man with two brains. Yes, <laughs> I just love his reaction. Like I couldn't help it; I just had to kill the people. And he was so happy about it. <laughs> but I'm really good at it. <laughs> um, the only the only other stuff I have about Cleary is um, after Hogan's Heroes ended, uh, he began a actually pretty memorable 14 year run on the popular soap opera Days of Our Lives, yes. portraying a fictional Holocaust survivor, Robert LeClaire, uh, to rave reviews. Uh, all right. Uh, Louis LeBeau on Hogan's Heroes. In 1965, the, uh, Clary was offered the role of Corporal LeBeau on the television sitcom Hogan's Heroes, and he accepted the role when the pilot sold. So he did not actually accept the role until the pilot was sold, which oh, wow. is, which is kind of cool. Um, asked about parallels between LeBeau's incarceration and his own. Clary said Stalag 13 is not a con is not a concentration camp. It's a POW camp. And that's a world of difference. You never heard of a prisoner of war being gassed. 
Man, that's yeah. that's just that's so much shit to go through at such a young age. Um yeah. definitely definitely not a fan of Hitler. Um No, no, not nice dude. Let's see. Thief of Damascus, he played Aladdin. What a great Oh, cool. Uh, he actually didn't do a lot of of television and film uh, after or throughout his life. Uh, well, you know, I shouldn't say that because I haven't brought up the IMDb. Let us bring up the IMDb. Two thousand and one. Wow. Uh, he, he was on the Bold and Beautiful TV series. Uh, Days of Our Lives, which we talked about. General Hospital. Fantasy Island. Young and the Restless. Hogan's Heroes. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Love American Style. Oh, God. We should do a show about that. <laughs> he was on Laughing, too, wasn't he? Uh, I don't see it listed but i wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show up at some point i mean he really was not on a lot of uh no he's got uh 24 actor credits and that's it yeah um he did do bob hope um i know that he went out with bob hope on the uso tours a few times mm-hmm. uh it, he was always an advocate for the for the the soldiers trying to trying to keep soldiers and and uh uh navy sailors soldiers and sailors that's what i'm trying to say uh keep them on a positive note yeah um as i said Almost every character besides uh, Baker and Kinchlow were in every episode. I think Bob and Werner were the only two to be in every single episode, if I'm not mistaken. Sergeant Schultz hit every episode as well. Oh, okay. John Banner. Uh, All right. All right, before we get into the deep shit here, a couple minor things. Sure. The set for Hogan's Heroes was also used in a sexploitation movie called Isla, She-Wolf of the SS in 1975, and the whole set got blown up for that movie. Did Bob Crane direct it? (laughs) Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A lot of the cast actually went on to star in a movie together in 1968 called The Wicked Dreams of Paula Schultz, which, if you've ever seen Kill Bill 2, the grave that she is buried in is Paula Schultz, and it is a nod to that specific film. Huh. And Hogan's Heroes was not aired in Germany until the fall of the Berlin Wall in 1992. 
And there were some changes done to the show, obviously, because, you know, Germany. But uh, already, which, da, 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 that looks like, oh, the theme song had lyrics. Did you know that? I did not know that. Much like the theme song to uh, Bonanza also had lyrics. Uh, this song had lyrics. They actually did an album. The cast did a actual LP album, mm-hmm. which is not surprising because, you know, Bob was into drums. A bunch of these guys were great singers, everything. Uh, apparently they, you know, and, and the TV producers wanted to make a couple extra bucks because, you know, you were not going to do toys. So you had to do something. So, yeah, there was an album put out by these guys. And they did, if I recall, they did uh, World War Two like songs like um not like merchant marine songs but like you know songs they sang in world war ii um originally for some odd reason in the script there was supposed to be an underground steam room under stalag 13 yes that didn't quite work out so they they kind of axed that whole idea well they axed it, but it was still in the very first episode. Oh, okay. Pilot. They actually, they didn't have it. You didn't see it. But they said, oh, yeah, down there is the steam room. And apparently, originally, this whole, before they, they started doing the whole thing, this was originally to be set in an American prison. That's how this whole thing started. I'm like, that. Doesn't sound like it would work too well, but whatever. So glad they changed their minds. All right. Um, are are we to the point of uh, Mr. Richard Dawson? Uh, yeah. Yep. Um. All right. Take it away, Richard Dawson, who played Corporal Peter Newkirk. Born November 20th, 1932, passed away June 2nd, 2012, at the age of 79. He uh, was originally supposed to be the main character. Um, but when they saw Bob Crane and did the whole screen test, decided he would be a much better fit. So that did give some tension in the set. Um Now, it, yeah, I don't know how, uh, how better to put that. There, there was always a little bit of tension between him and Bob because of that. Um, there was also some political tensions on the set because Bob was like a, and I'm doing this for one from memory. I don't have it written down. Bob was like a big Republican and everybody else on the set was conservative. And, and Bob loved to talk about politics and that would just get shit riled up. Um, and then a little aside, Richard Dawson intended his character to have a thick Liverpool accent like the Beatles. Um, the producers didn't think anyone would like or understand that accent. And then like two years later, the Beatles came out with their Liverpool accents and Richard's like, see, told you so, told you so. So he did a Cockney accent for the whole show. And of course, Richard went on to do Family feud for a number of years. He also died from esophageal cancer, if I recall. 
because he was he he was a four pack a day smoker at one point in his life. God, don't hover over. No. Yeah, don't look at the picture. There you go. Yeah, there there are several arguments between Bob and, and they called him Dicky. Richard Dawson was referred to as Dicky on the sack. Um, yeah, yeah. Crane was a conservative. Dawson was a liberal, as was most of the cast. So, Nixon was in the White House. There are a lot of debates on set. So, yeah. so if if you want, if you want some very interesting uh, listening, that's that's not our show. Who <laughs> um, would want to listen to anything but our show? Go to YouTube and look up. The old uh, uh, Bob Crane used to have a a radio show. That's where he started, and he interviews Dicky um several times. And I found a bunch of the recordings on YouTube. It was very enlightening huh. uh, listening to those two talk to each other because. You could tell in certain episodes that there was tension between them, but it was never enough tension to to separate them as friends. It was kind of like a fa- like like brothers and sisters fighting. They liked each other, they loved each other, but they didn't always get along, kind of thing. Jesus Christ, you got some big balls. <laughs> don't know where that came from. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it was a very, I mean, some of the interviews were extremely good. Um, They talk about their on-set relationship and and stuff like that. Um, Richard Dawson's going to come up again as we go through this next, um, well, the last person. Um, Dicky Boy, <laughs> Dicky Boy had his head in, in the middle of a lot of stuff. Um. Anyways, I guess we should uh. And 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 one more slight aside. Hogan's Heroes had twelve Emmy nominations. Werner Klemper actually won two of those. What are you doing? Sorry. There's a plastic film on my refrigerator. Oh, you're <laughs> peeling it off? You son of a bitch. You should be taping that and putting it up on the website. You SOB. I couldn't take it, man. I had to pull it off. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Scott's got um, to clean up his shorts now, and <laughs> so I, I, I have to. Uh, uh, well, there's certain things that we did miss here. Um, okay, Richard Dawson was not the healthiest guy in the world later on in his life, and during no. during Family Feud, he almost died. Uh, he had a brain aneurysm during the middle of. Uh, what year was this? Uh, I did not know that. No. Oh, oh, sorry. He did not have the brain. They were taping a show 
and actress Della Reese, while they were taping the show, had a near-fatal aneurysm mid-interview during the taping. That was on the Carson Holy show, crap. The Tonight oh, Show, geez. with Richard Dawson. Um, I forgot the, he was in The Running Man. Oh, shit. The, the Running Man. I was just about to bring that up. Um, Dawson parodied his TV persona in 1987's The Running Man opposite Arnold Schwarzenegger, Schwarzenegger portraying the evil egotistical game show host Damon Killan. Killian. God, let's figure this out here. <laughs> Roger Ebert actually gave it two thumbs down. Playing a character who always seems three quarters drunk, he chain smokes his way through the backstage planning sessions, then pops up in front of the cameras as a cauldron of false jollity. Uh, that's not a real word. Come on. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> now, I, do, do you remember Running Man? Oh, I love that movie. It's so campy. Okay. I, I, it is campy. Arnold Schwarzenegger is is playing uh, the good guy, bad guy. I mean, he's the good guy. Well, but... he he was he's put into a game where he's basically running for his life. People are trying to kill him, and he basically says, "Fuck you! I'm going to kill you." So he goes after Richard Dawson, <laughs> who is the host of the show. And I mean, Richard Dawson, I thought he was great in that film. Like when he is about to die, it's like kind of deserved that little dick. <laughs> um, God, I, yeah, that was good. I love that movie. It's so bad. It's good. I mean, it's All based right. on a Stephen King book. I mean, it's not horrible, you know? Um, so he, uh, we already went through where he was born and all that. Uh, with his first wife, Diane Doors, Dawson had two sons, Mark and Gary. Mark was born in London. Gary was born in L.A. The marriage ended in divorce. Go figure that. Go figure. Um, so, so people know. Oh, dude, he met his, one of his wives on Family Feud. Yes. His second wife. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> we'll be right back. Bye bye. Oh, why is that so quiet? It's all good. Nibbling on sponge cake, watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Drum 
That's right. It is the final countdown. We actually have the man, have the man, the myth, the legend, Bob. Bob is here. I know nothing. Nothing. <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's up? What's up? Oh, I did, man. Scott, I got to say, you look good. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I don't know where that came from, but. I mean, no, 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 no. You have a clean shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say, man? I work for a living now. I, I have to actually uh, did, look good. Did, did you get that from the pro shop at like 65% off clearance? <laughs> I, I got this at the pro shop for free. That's right. Yeah, that's free. even better. If you buy that shirt, you get a free can full of soup. Right, 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 right. <laughs> So what I'm going to do is piss it so, off like so, an impotent so, jerk and then bend over and take it up the tailpipe. And that's what I do every day at work. So they tell him if you shoot under a 105 on your day off, then you get this shirt that we were going to sell for $3. <laughs> uh, God, I haven't seen a shirt for sale for $3 in that pro shop ever since. And I you, and you ain't seen 105 in your life. <laughs> uh you are so funny you are so dude i haven't seen a hundred in probably 25 years damn i shoot like in the 80s that's where i'm at buddy wait, wait you play golf i mean not well <laughs> it, it, it's if really you... funny because the only time i really golf is with my kids in the in the sad in it's not sad, but the weird thing about it is, is we all golf left-handed, and it's you, like nothing. Are you left-handed? I'm not personally left-handed, and neither is Ryan. But we were both kind of brought up playing baseball to bat left-handed. Ah, that makes sense. So it kind of just correlated to be we golf left-handed. Now, if I can figure out golf right-handed i'm sure i'd have like more power but it, it, I, i'm 51 years old I, i'm not i'm not doing yeah. this shit no. i mean I, I remember when i was young like i used to play pool left-handed just Please. to get that advantage and and like you know be able to have that skill set to play pool left-handed so when you had that really rough shot you could just flip the left-handed pool and mess people up totally. So I get it. Uh, I always did the behind-the-back shit. <laughs> oh, it's easier left-handed, man. If you if you if you can do it a few times, oh, it's totally easier. But that's it. I mean, I like often. I have a, if I can hit my driver somewhere close to not being in the middle of the trees. After that, I'm kind of okay. But my driver slices so bad to the left. Don't dude, just go slow on your first tee and just get it in the center. That's all you got to do because your chipping and your putting are all that matter in that game, man. Is if you right. get that first shot in the center, you're golden. It doesn't matter. It doesn't even have to be in the center. It's just got to be somewhere in the short, shorter yeah. grass. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing is, and the thing is, is I've I've watched like every YouTube video on because I guess left-handed golfers are just. There, it's a, it's rare. 
Well, you yeah. know, how many you got in PGA? You got Mickelson, you got Bubba Watson, you got, I don't even know. Oh, and yeah. They, and I, they, I tried different grips. I watched YouTube videos. I did all it. And it, it's the same thing. It looks so straight going on the fairway, and then all of a sudden it takes a big left turn. I mean, you should drive right-handed and then do everything else left-handed. Maybe I should try that. Yeah. That means I'd have to buy a right-handed driver, though. Yeah. Anyway, Bob, we are right. talking. Scott, Scott can send me a free one from the pro shop. <laughs> Ooh, I just, mm-hmm. I just got a stealth. Ooh, Taylor made stealth, and I did not pay what they, uh, what they wanted me to pay. So anyway, yeah. Bob, we're we're talking yeah. about uh, we're talking about uh, Hogan's Heroes tonight. Um, first off, before we get started, oh what are you drinking? Uh, just beer. What kind of beer? What kind? Um, I am drinking a Natty Daddy. Oh, <laughs> you're back on the Natty Daddies. Yeah, the edge kind of made me feel poopies in the morning. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling it. I hate the poopies, man. I know, because it never ends. It goes yeah. till 3 o'clock. I had, the, I had the poopies at work yesterday, and they, they sent me home. Probably because I was leaving it all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, yeah. Okay. Next. Uh, never mind that. I, why did I just have to hear that? All right, Bob. Next question to you can I is: have the, Can I have the last ten seconds of my life back? <laughs> no. All right, Bob. <laughs> to catch you up, what what did you do last? Did you do anything exciting last week? Uh, 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 did I do anything exciting last week? I maybe it's a beer talking, Marge, but you got a button. They got these big chewy pretzels here. That are all you guys with beer. Five dollars, get out of here. No, I did nothing. <laughs> I I did absolutely zero anything exciting last week. Fair enough. I watched the Ohio State game with my buddies. If that there you go, that was a. I heard that was a good game. It was. It was a good game. Yes, definitely. I, I haven't watched. I haven't taped. I haven't watched it yet. I I've been where we are in tournament season here in in Texas, and uh, my life so is. You, so you got all the eighty-five-year-olds in a hundred-degree weather going out and, and trying to beat each other. Oh, I guess I should show him the photo, eh? Oh yeah, that's that's some good shit there. Look, he had, he had a little, no, he had a little excitement at his golf course this week. Here, uh, Google Drive. By the way, the girl on the right is hot. Uh, which <laughs> okay. his picture or my picture? Yeah, okay, your picture. They're both hot. <laughs> Here, wait a minute. They're all three hot. Oh yeah, they See, always say. They always there tell me crack, they always tell me crack kills. <laughs> and they were right. <laughs> uh let's see here. Screen three, please. And share. All right. Um, so you see this lovely picture here? I see a tree and a truck. Yeah, there's a rock here too. Okay. This is all gonna make sense here in a second. I sure hope so. Um, this was the 
30-year-old insurance salesman who got so stinking drunk in the tournament last Saturday, he drove his 2023 Ford F-150 into that said rock, flew 20 feet in the air, killed my crepe myrtle tree, landed, smashed his face, and proceeded to receive a DUI and get fired from his job. Okay, I have two takeaways from this picture. The first one is, is that was an insurance salesman driving this car? Yes, sir. And the second observation I have, is that the 15th fairway? No, this is actually all the way at the entrance to the golf course. I'm sorry. I, under, I understand that. It was close to the 15th. Okay. So, so yeah, anyway. we, 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 we don't have guys out there. We have 35-year-old guys who don't know how to drive. Well, who, Ohio has 25-year-old guys here that don't know how to drive. Well. And I'm sitting next to one of them. Uh-oh. Wait, wait, hold on here. Are you saying that one of your kids had an accident? No, they just don't know how to drive. Oh. God, you look like Jesus. I, I just want to take a picture of Bob and put him up on my wall and have people go, how'd you get a picture of Jesus? First time, that's the first that's the first time this dude's left in three days <sighs> all right so let's go back to uh, uh hogan's heroes oh oh well well burke i i don't know where'd what's what's where'd he go he's there i don't know what he's doing um i wait Somebody's computer crashed. No, I don't have a computer. Well, then it wasn't you whose computer Yay. crashed. See, you need to keep that picture of the girl on the right and replace the picture on the girl on the left with Mama Sfetti. And then I'd be cool. Mama Sfetti? Yeah. Who's Mama Sfetti? Mama Sfetti in a bikini. Oh, God. I am going to tell her that you said that. I don't care. All right, so so I, I'm 700 miles miles away from her. So Burke, although she does like to fly, so Burke is about to disappear. Why? For a second, because his computer crashed. All right, so before okay, so before he gets back on, when are you coming here? I am coming September 20th okay. through the 25th. I think it is. Okay. Um. I am. I, I I thought I remembered the dates, but I wasn't one hundred percent sure. I yeah, I'm going to be there September twentieth through the twenty fifth. But I am up in Putin Bay September twentieth through the twenty fourth. So the only day that I have in Canton is the twenty fourth. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a fucking minute. Okay, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. You're going to spend four days on Putin Bay. Yes, because there's the vintage car race. What is that? A bunch of. And now Bob's locked up. Everyone's dying. 
flashing been forth. Now, now it's back. Good thing I'm not home because I don't have Wi-Fi. Well, you don't have a home. Well, I have a home. It's just empty, and I have a bed. I just don't have a home for long. Is your gas empty? Have you got a new tank this year? This year? Oh, my God. He's got no body. I ain't got nobody. And nobody's got anything for me. Never. Be happy. My curse will be lifted. No, the universe from beyond the grave. We're checking to a psycho war, whichever comes first. Such a madness around here. Anyway, where were we? I could hear you all. I just couldn't see you. And I couldn't talk. It was kind of messed up that that's okay bob bob locked up for like 30 seconds after you left and i was like i started talking to myself and just hitting different sound bites and uh, hey ass butt dude don't lie you you got on porn (laughs) while we were on hiatus you were watching porn hey just crash your computer fight the fairies you fight those fairies I know nothing. <sighs> Jesus Christ, he got some big balls. No, I think this is bad because Ryan was making food on the grill, and I think his gas just died. So anyway, Bob. Yes. Your impressions of Hogan's Heroes. What 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 are your thoughts? Okay, so when, when Scott, I talked to Scott like an hour, when, I don't know, half hour ago, or whatever, and. and I kind of forgot about Hogan's Heroes. I mean, it's one of my favorite shows. Oh yeah, but I, you know, it it's not on. You know, you can get the reruns up probably on Netflix or whatever. But man, I absolutely love this show. It this show when I was growing up was, and and let me say one thing first is there was a lot of shows when we were when I was little that our parents didn't let us watch. True. For whatever reason, they didn't like it. But my dad let me watch this show. And, dude, I, I loved it. I mean, I loved it from the very beginning. I loved it. Every, every single character in the show is priceless. Every last one of them. <laughs> we we my, got over a lot of trivia. Did you know that, like, most of the German officers, the actors that played them were Jewish? I did not know that. I, I don't know much about the show. Oh, man, if you give me trivia, I, I'm probably going to lose every one of them. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Like, Werner Klemper was half Jewish, um, but, like, uh, the, the General Bullcalter, uh, the guy who played the SS, yes, uh, he was Jewish. Um, Robert Cleary, the guy who played LeBeau, he was actually in a fucking concentration camp as a kid he was messed up remember about him he went on not that this matters about this show but he later went on to be a major character in days of our lives for years he played robert leclerc yes a holocaust survivor yes 
Robert. I mean, Richard Dawson, really? Uh, he had a great career on on Family Feud. Absolutely. He kissed a lot of women. He met his his second wife on on that show. I mean, but let's okay. Let's be clear to me. To, to me, let's be clear. There are two characters, and I am not discounting Colonel Clink because this dude, he played that part. I can't think of anybody that would have played that part like him. <laughs> but to me, I want to be clear. The best characters in that show was Hogan and Sergeant Schultz, period. True. And that's the that's end of story. Yeah, true of that. I mean, that dude, that dude, Sergeant Schultz was like, if there was no Sergeant Schultz in that show, that show would have gone nowhere. Yeah. He was, he was kind of a cool character because like, he wasn't like a Nazi per se. He was just like drafted. He did his job, but then he said, "Eh, right, I'll look the other way. Yeah. He was just a cool. You're going down the tunnels and you're going to come out in Berlin and recruit this woman that's an intelligent spy. I'm going to look the other way. Well, he was just a regular dude constrict, you know, conscripted into the Nazi army. He didn't want to be there. He wanted to eat apple strudel and make toys. That was his whole right. That was his gig. He didn't want to be there. And I know it's over. I know it gets overblown, but the whole I know nothing. I mean, that's. That's an iconic line. I know nothing. That's an iconic line in all of TV history. (laughs) I mean, anybody anybody over the age of forty, if they hear "I need," "I know nothing," they knew who it came from. Yep. Well, unfortunately, we were about to go down the rabbit hole of Bob Crane's life. Yeah, boy. (laughs) Do you know about this dude? Hey, hold on a second. Talk to Scott. Okay. Give me one. So, so Bob Hogan's life is uh, Bob Crane, or I mean Bob Bob Hogan. All right, I just shouldn't volume down. (laughs) Hey, Bob Crane's life. Bob Crane's life was, uh, how would you say it? Um, Alternative? Well, that's a great way of saying it. Uh, Alternative is a, a, well, let's start at the beginning. Uh, Bob Crane was born, Robert Edward Crane, July 13th, 1928. In Connecticut? In Con- uh, Waterbury, Connecticut, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, Learned died. to play the drums at a very early age. Uh, he died June 29th, 1978 in Scottsdale, Arizona. We will talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. Um, his death is listed as a homicide. He's been married twice. One mm-hmm. to Anne Terzian and he had three kids with her and then he married Sigrid Valdis 
and had one more child. And adopted a daughter. And adopted a daughter. Um, early career, he, he played drums at a young age. Uh, he got into radio yep. fairly early in his life. Now, do we lose Bob? Yeah, he went. Bye-bye. He'll now, be, did you, did he'll you know pop that, back. That Bob actually played the drums for the theme song for Ogun Zeroes? I did not know that. Yeah, the like the you know, it starts off with the, the snare drum and ends with the snare drum. That's Bob Crane playing that. Wow. Um, I did not know that. Yeah. Did you know what Bob Crane did for a living after Hogan's Heroes? He did um musical theater. He did road shows. Dinner theaters. Dinner theaters, yes. Which he actually like co-wrote the shows that he played in. Yes. Uh, okay, for some reason my no, I'll go. You uh, know, in nineteen forty nine he Bob married screwed, screwed everything up. Go uh, ahead. In nineteen forty nine he married Anne Terzerian and they would have three children. He got a job at a New York radio station in 1950 as a DJ. His fun off the wall style made him popular and caught the attention of CBS radio. And in 1956, they hired him to revitalize their fading flagship station out in California called KNX. Bob got his own show and it became a massive hit. He continued to host that show for eight years. That's a long-ass run for any radio show host. Um, but that got him onto several TV appearances, such as Alfred Hitchcock Presents, The General Electric Theater, and The Twilight Zone. Carl Reiner appeared on Bob's radio show, and Carl got Bob a spot on the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm -hmm. That appearance caught the attention of Donna Reed, who also offered Bob a guest spot on her show. And Bob did so well with his character that it went on to become a regular on the series. Um, offers started to come in for other TV shows. He left the radio show in 1964 to pursue acting full-time. Uh, he was offered the role in Hogan's Heroes in 1965. His quick wit and dry humor fit perfectly and got him, he got two Emmy nominations for his part in the show. Um, however, he was hiding a rather dark secret that led to his divorce and possibly his murder because he was a sex addict. That's uh, the, the only way to put that. Yeah, we're not going to sugarcoat this shit. It's getting dark. If you don't want to have a good time, stop listening now. He would pick up women at bars or get prostitutes 
and loved to take pictures or film his encounters with them. Dawson, Richard Dawson, introduced Bob to a gentleman by the name of John Carpenter, not that one. Carpenter was a sales manager for Sony Electronics. Bob and John hit it off and became great friends. They also discovered that they had the same appetite for recording themselves with young women. Um, over the years of doing this, Bob amassed thousands of hours. Let's just go back. Thousands of hours of home video and thousands of pictures of him and young women. Um, it started to get a little difficult to keep this secret from his family. Well, yeah, because uh, because why? Do you know? Do you remember? Well, I mean, there's a couple things. Um, his son Robert became aware of this when he was about 16. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and later on, like his family albums started to become intertwined with his albums of women, but we'll get there. Um, his children all said that Bob was a really very loving and caring father, never abusive. And he always made sure that they had fun and a very happy childhood. Um, things really came to a head when Bob had his affair with his co-star Sigrid Valdis. Uh, Bob and his wife Anne divorced in 1970. Bob! <laughs> Bob, you're muted. My hey. bad. I had to deal with something for a minute. Sorry. That's okay, man. We, we, we just got into like the whole uh, ugly Bob Crane section. Yeah, that, that thing was a whole mess. Well, we're we're only partway through it. We're we're not I mean, even into okay. the give me the thirty second recap. Um <clears throat> he, he was born in Connecticut, he got a job at a radio station, he got his own talk show, he started getting on TV shows, Carl Reiner hooked him up, he left his show, he got Hogan's Heroes in sixty five, uh he was a sex addict. He would pick up women and prostitutes right. and I, I film them. Uh, his wife didn't really know about this stuff. Uh, but he was a good dad the whole time he was doing this. Um, I mean, I was a sex addict. And my wife didn't know about it. So, I mean, I'd give him that. Yeah. Um, then Bob, Bob started having an affair with his co-star, Sigrid Valdis. This was the second girl... There were two women on the show that played Clink's assistant. He had an affair with the first one. She quit. He had an affair with the second one. He ended up marrying her. Um, yeah. Richard uh, Dawson. Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson him. introduced him to, like, the guy who, like, hooked him up with all the video equipment, which was kind of messed up. Um, the, the guy who was actually 
blamed for his death. His name is is John Carpenter, not yeah. the not the guy who did they live, but just another dude named John Carpenter. Yes. Now, okay, correct <laughs> me one more time. I, I I'm pretty sure I knew I know how he passed away, but refresh my memory. Well, we'll get there in the okay, probably. About, you're not there yet. Okay. Yeah, we're not there yet. Yeah. I so, gotcha. um, yeah, the love and caring Bob. And, so Bob and his first wife divorced in 1970. That same year, Bob and the girl who played Helga got married on the set of Hogan's Heroes. And Richard Dawson that. was his best man. Um, wow. And then, yeah, that was kind of messed up. The, and the I remember very, Helga. I remember Helga. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Helga was Hilda was nice. Helga she was, was really nice. Episodes. Yeah. Helga was only in the first year, and then Hilda was in the next five. So maybe it was Helda. It's yeah. one of the two. Yep, yep. Uh Hogan's Heroes was canceled in 71. Later that year, Sigrid gave birth to their son, whom they named Scotty. And a short time later, they adopted a daughter. Uh apparently Sigrid was aware of Bob's activities, but didn't like to participate. Didn't want to get into that. Um, wow. Wow, wow, yeah. wow. Bob appeared in one movie after that that did not do well. Uh, he appeared in some TV shows, but to pass the time, uh, he would do road shows and dinner theaters to keep up his, you know, income, basically. Um, you know what's... You know what's funny about what you're saying right now is I'm listening to you talk and I can see you talk and I have this picture of Colonel Clink behind your shoulder <laughs> with that look like What? Are you, are you <laughs> fucking serious? About it? <laughs> it just adds to it. It's funny. Yeah. <clears throat> so um the appearance on some TV shows, past time, road shows. The, the the dinner theater stuff allowed him to travel across the country, which allowed him access to more women that he could pick up at bars and whatnot. Um, now, this John Carpenter, whom they kind of like, Bob would tell girls that John Carpenter was his manager. And that way, both Carpenter and Bob would get the women and they could take photographs and pictures and all that kind of stuff because Carpenter was into the same stuff that Bob was into. Um, uh, and Carpenter would time his business trips to meet up with Bob when he was doing his dinner theater shows on the road to continue their escapades together. Um, unfortunately, Bob's addiction was spilling over into his family life. His son, Scotty, who was the son with his second wife, said that his massive amounts of pictures were literally starting to show up in their family albums. Yes. That's no bueno. Okay, so okay, so I, I have two questions here. Okay. Okay. I have a, a actually a question and, and I think an observation. Hogan's Heroes went from when... 65 to 71. 71. Okay, so six years. Okay. And, and, and from what I've ever seen, that's pretty much 
what Bob Crane did. Uh, he really, truthfully, did nothing relevant after that, correct? He was in one movie, and he did a bunch of dinner theaters. Although he was a big-time radio show host before then. Okay. And when did he die? He died in 1979. Okay, so Hogan's Heroes ended in 71. He died in 79. No, and if I, Hogan's Heroes was 65. Right, but it's 65 to 71. But it's eight years later till he died. Yep. And if I, again, I'm eight years old in 1979, but I, I don't remember hearing any of the Bob Crane stuff besides Hogan's Heroes till after he died. Well, yeah. And again, I was eight, I was eight years old, so well, it may have. Disney actually, he, he did a film for Disney and in the, the filming of the film, it was brought to Disney's attention that he was showing people on the set uh, some of his photo albums. Of naked women whom he was having sex with. Yeah. Um, and he thought it was fine. Yeah. So, I, man, I don't even remember what movie that was. It's not Super even... Dad. Super Dad. That was it. Um. So his opportunities to do more film was actually ruined by his sexual addiction. Okay, okay. So he so he could have gone beyond Hogan's Heroes had this stuff not have been going on. Correct. He had okay. a three film deal with Disney. He did the first film, but he was bringing these pictures of his escapades conquests onto the set and showing people thinking it was okay and people were like freaked out they did not fire him because if they fired him they would have to to publicly acknowledge why they fired him so they let him finish the film and they gave him like a bit part in the second film and they were done it's a good thing that this didn't happen in 2022 because he would have been given a $230 million guaranteed contract. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> and Scott has nothing to say about that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, does that taint the show? Does that taint the show that we watched? No. But I don't think so. I, have I don't no think so. It taints the so, memory. Um, like I you two honestly talk amongst yourselves for a second. <laughs> honestly, I I knew there was some bizarreness in his death and whatever. I had no clue it went this deep. No, I didn't either. I had no oh, clue. God. I, mean, I knew that when you know I'd heard things when I was, you know, because again I watched the show when I was little. Yeah. And, you know, I knew when I got into my, like, mid-teens and stuff and you hear things. I mean, there was no internet back then or whatever. No, but no. It, and it, it's like, you know, man, I, I, I thought I heard that he killed himself. No. 
No. Yeah, it. that's what I remember that he killed himself. No, he and... was he was bludgeoned to death. Yeah. He was murdered, plain and simple. Did they ever get, catch the person who did it? No. So we will go into that here in a moment. <clears throat> See, I thought we were going this is deep. I thought we were talking about the show. Well, you came in at the tail end, unfortunately, so you get the badness. Um, well, that's Scott's fault, not mine. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, it's, always, it's always Scott's fault. Yeah, it's always Scott's fault. Damn. <laughs> damn. So damn, uh, damn. blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he was never offered a lead role again. He only appeared in one more Disney film as a bit part. Um, in 75, NBC offered him a, a, a his own show called The Bob Crane Show. Uh, he agreed to it. Uh, it did not perform well, and it was canceled after 13 episodes, I believe. Bob Crane was an absolute outstanding actor. And no, he no was great. I mean, he he had started out as a radio DJ and was so good that he got on TV shows. I mean, he was a, he a great personality, great looks, and that just parlayed himself into TV, which was kind of amazing. So, what, uh, so, so let me ask let me ask a question. And I yeah. know you guys probably for, you, I know you guys formatted this show in a certain way. But what about the other actors that played on that series and what they did afterwards? Well, I mean, most... you can't just say Bob Crane and, and and give his dialogue, and it's totally understandable, and I agree with everything you guys said, but what about the other guys? We, we went over a lot of all of them. Um, like I was, Robert, I was like, Robert Cleary, who played LeBeau, He's like him. one of the only guys still alive. Um, really cool dude. He was actually in a concentration camp as a kid and got out and survived. Um, Bull Coulter uh, was a phenomenal actor. Um, oh, God. What else do we go over? Um, Order Clemper. Well, uh, all of the all of the um, Germans Nazi officers were Jewish in some way, if not one hundred percent. Yes, uh, Werner Klemper was Catholic, but his father was Jewish. Uh, his mother was Lutheran, and he was born into the Catholic faith. Uh, his father did convert back to Judaism afterwards, but what was cool was that. The the entire uh, Nazi cast were were Jewish in some way, shape, or form, and all of them said the same thing: they wouldn't do the show if the Germans won anything. So every time the Germans had to flub in some way, shape, or form. Well, they had to. It was the show. Werner Klemper, who played Colonel Klink said the minute that Colonel Clink does something correctly, he will quit. And uh, I, I thought I thought that was freaking hilarious. Uh, LeBeau's 
LeBeau, we actually talked about the um, the fact that that his family, his entire family, died. No, he, he was the youngest of fourteen kids. Ten of them, ten died, were killed. Yeah, by the Nazis. That's crazy. And that guy, and actually, that guy had the best career of all of them. Because he went on, like I said earlier, he mm-hmm. went on the days of our lives for years. Yep, yep. Actually, uh, the guy who played Kinchlow, the black guy, he oh yeah, yeah, he yeah, ended up directing a ton of stuff. There was two different actors that played that character. Yeah, he well, uh, Ken, it, it Kinchlow, was two different characters. Yeah. Kinchlow did five years, and then uh, uh, Baker did one year. See, I like the latter guy. The uh, Kenneth Washington, okay, Kenneth Washington, who played Baker, uh, ended up, he, he is the only other one besides Louis LeBeau who is still alive. They are the only two characters left alive from Hogan's well, Heroes. Well, I mean, dude, you're talking back in, you know, you're talking years ago, and these guys were in their probably 30s and 40s to begin with. Now, he came in nineteen seventy to seventy one. Was he Washington? No. Uh, well, that's his real name. His his name in the show was Baker, Sergeant okay. Baker. Okay, okay, okay. And then the other guy, Ivan Dixon, played Kinchlow. Right. And. Uh, uh, Ivan Dixon was a really, he was good. I liked Kenneth Washington better. I mean, they didn't, they didn't like really put those guys in the show a lot. I mean, they were more like the mechanical people, you know, let's open the tunnel so we can go to Berlin and, and and send transmissions to the Nazis and they don't know where we're going kind of people. But yeah, they were, I mean, they were good. They were both radio men. Um, but for the 1960s and seventies, it's, it, it was kind of neat to see, uh, an African American being portrayed as somebody who was smart. Um, yeah, uh, ain't that, the, ain't that well, the damn truth? I mean, you think about it. Yeah. Even, even after that, what would we have? We had Red Fox show. We had. Oh, Sanford and Son. That's quite. Oh, dude, you guys got to do Sanford and Son. You guys have <laughs> to do Sanford and Son. Well, this what was... is a top eight television show of all time. <laughs> the Jeffersons. Yeah. I mean, it's in, it's in maybe 20s. Yeah, yeah, but you see, I. Well, yeah, that's when it started. You've you've got you've got two shows right there that they came out in the seventies, where where African Americans weren't being portrayed. I mean, George Jefferson was not. He was a businessman, but he wasn't smart. He's a rich black man. Exactly. Um. Yeah, we we'll have to edit that one out. <laughs> Why? It's true. You, you can't say that word on on the radio anymore. You what, Rich? Mm-hmm. I said he's a rich black man. What is wrong with... I love that picture of Colonel Clank. I am making that my freaking 
my, my, <laughs> on my phone. I, that's what I'm doing. The monogol. I love the monogol. Without the monogol, he's nothing. <laughs> and I, I just Colonel Clinks. He's a classic. Hey, we're gonna take a little. We're gonna take a little break here. All uh, right, Jesus has to go potty. Yep, basically. All right. Uh, so what do right. I do? What you you just sit there? Are you ready? Are you ready? If I do something on my phone, We'll be right back, everyone. Hey, make sure that you check back soon for part two of this podcast. Hey, 